you now. Press the red button. Everybody, it's Andrew Davis calling from the wonderful woods of Gateshead from www.toontalk.co.uk and we can also be uh, we're also available on www.novaradio.co.uk on any handheld devices. So, it's been an interesting week for Newcastle. Is it a crisis? Is it a crisis? Is it a crisis? Remember Newcastle only a couple of games from having having a crisis, but we're still top of the league. We lost again on penalties, obviously against uh, Hull City, and we lose really controversially against Nottingham Forest, where even I don't know how we lost that one, but what a terrific game. John Joe Shelby sent off. You've got Dummett sent off. Uh, Things happen to Newcastle, even I can't understand what happens to Newcastle. But we're hitting the airways tonight. It's uh, Steve Hasey from the Fans Forum. But first of all, we'll bring in uh, my co-host, and that's Neil Mitchell. Good evening. All right, mate. How are you doing? Um, all things considered, quite well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, still, Steve... Still really trying to digest a lot of what has gone on. And I think tonight's, tonight's show is going to be like some sort of grand mass therapy session. Uh, to help we all get over the traumatic events of Friday night, because frankly, I still kind of get my head around a lot of it, and I don't think spending time speaking to an ex-referee is going to do much better for it, but we're going to find out tonight, aren't we, really? We're going to find out, yeah. Uh, he's, he's at the cinema right now, so he should be finished around 6.15, so we'll find out what the movie he saw and uh, what, what, is, what his journey's been like and what's it like on that pitch, which is most important. But uh, we'll get to it, and uh, we've got Steve here, Steve from Newcastle, obviously, fan forum. Good evening, Steve, and tell me, um, the Cup um, defeat was, I think it hurt a lot of people, but I think we haven't won anything for years, and I didn't actually feel too much, because I'm, I'm used to Newcastle not going too far. Good evening, Andrew. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the Cup the cup was a bit of a disappointment, you know, I mean... Uh, let's, not, uh, let's not dwell on it, though. I mean, if we're out... Uh, Extra time, you know, penalties. As soon as we went to penalties, I, I thought, you know what, we know where this is heading. And I think the vast majority of the Castle fans who have witnessed penalty shootouts in the past involving Newcastle United probably felt, felt exactly the same. But uh, let's move on. I mean, we, we spoke about last, last week's game about Blackburn, but, uh, you know, looking at looking at th- Friday night's game, I, I just, I'm, I'm still lying in the dark and drew myself trying to get my head around what's going on. God knows what it's like. And, uh, the distances of Dubai there with poor, yeah. poor Neil having to suffer it uh, 
<laughs> without the uh, without the therapy that you get from work colleagues during the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, he takes people's teeth out, so that would make him feel better. Yeah. <laughs> Spend me time ruminating on it, mate. I tell you. Uh, I mean, I, on Friday night, um, for one reason or another, I ended up watching it uh, at, at home. And by by half time, the only things I had left to throw at the telly was my daughter and the cat that was asleep on the set <laughs> beside it. You know, it, it just absolutely ridiculous, which I didn't, by the way. But, you know, it was just crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, I've, I've seen some shotgun, ref- we've all seen some shotgun refereeing displays at, at the time. And I spent a lot of my time, because I've done a bit of refereeing, trying to get inside the head of the referee and say, okay, what are you saying? What are you doing? Why you made that decision? And sometimes, outrageously, I find myself defending a referee on occasion. And I had a good chat with them. Um, uh, one of the lads, uh, uh, Darren Bradley, back in, in, in the UK there, who was also a Northern League referee. And I thought, well, if anybody's going to give us an straight opinion, uh, he would. And, and about 52 WhatsApp messages later, I got to the end of everything. You know, And, it, and it, it, this, this is what's baffling about it all, Steve, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, I, I, I was baffled, first of all. I mean, a disallowed goal. I mean, why yeah. that was disallowed when... You know, if there was two players had a hold of each other and had been wrestling for the previous 10 or 15 seconds before the cross comes in or something like that, you can, you, we've seen it happen before and we've seen referees blow. But it, it's a flick of a coin whether they blow forward or backward, isn't it? Whether it goes in your favour or goes together. Yep. But in this situation, all you had was two players challenging for the ball. There was a, you know, there was a, there was a coming together, there was a challenge... Um, one of them was stronger than the other. He got the ball ahead of the other one, and the ball's in the back of the net. And you're thinking, great goal. And there was, I, I think I, I, that was the first. That was the first one. I mean, how how the referee could see something that we couldn't. And and we can. I'm sure <laughs> Mr. Halsey, when he comes on, will be able to talk about the role of linesmen, assistant referees, whatever they're called these days, and whether. The personality of, of some referees is that they don't use their officials like they used to do <laughs> on Sunday when you are when the referee would turn up with the, you know each member of the of the teams who are who are participating would provide a linesman and you would say lads just run the line flag for offside if you can spot it if I let it go just put your flag down and carry on but I, and I can remember years ago proper top class referees who used to I remember there was a TV program where one of them where he actually turned round to his fellow officials and said, just, just do that, leave the decisions to me, your job is to, your job is to run the line. They're mic'd up now, they're supposed to be seeing things. These linesmen see things, I think they get bored, and they see things that aren't even happening. Shelby, you know, again, I don't, I, 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 I'm interested to see what Mr Halsey says about mm-hmm. whether it was actually a foul, or whether you could actually blow up for an off-the-ball incident and give a penalty... The ball's away by this time, remember? You know, mm-hmm. the, the referee's played on. He gets, he holds it back for something that the linesman had seen, uh, allegedly. Uh, I don't know what the linesman thought he saw. Um, there, was a, there was a flick out from both players. Mm-hmm. We then had a player who decided to play act his way um, into, into an Oscar nomination piece. Um, whether, whether you would say that that was worthy of a, of a, a sending off and a penalty, you know, I'd, I'd argue, I'm black and white, so I'll argue about that one. The second one, well, that was even worse. The player waited, to, it was actually on the way down before he was actually, the hand went on his back. It wasn't a push, 
that, that was a hand placed on his back from someone who was trying to avoid running into him because the lad had suddenly stopped in front of him and was actually, I think he was must have been, what, 40 degrees <laughs> at an right. angle? His feet, yeah. were, his feet were together, the toes were, bo- were both planted on the ground, and he's ready to fall, he's fallen, and then, he get, and then he's down. And, and again, the official signal for, for a penalty. Now, again, there's supposed to be some sort of situation in, in the modern-day game that came in the start of this season was goal-scoring opportunity, um, you penalise it by, with the penalty, and it's at the discretion of the referee whether the player gets sent off. And any referee worth his salt, having already dismissed one player from a team, should have looked at that and thought, you know what, the penalty was enough. And maybe it's a yellow card at best because it was a foul, if, he, if that's what he decided. You know, I wouldn't have given a foul or a yellow card. I would have probably, if, if he had any guts, he would have booked the player for diving, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then we'll lead. We'll take the lead. You know, we're one out. We're cruised. They, they didn't have a clue what was going on, did they? Right no. the way through the game, they barely, they barely scraped any efforts. The equaliser was offside, which <laughs> you didn't spot. He superlines it up and spot everything else. Ruman couldn't spot the offside goal. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and Rafa, I mean, poor bloke. Must have, never seen. Must have I've never heard five. Rafa Benitez talk like a Neil. What Not do you think? Came to Newcastle. Not never. Came to I've Newcastle. never yeah, heard him talk the way like. That's probably the the strongest you'll ever get, Neil, wouldn't it? Yeah, but at the same time, I think it was also very controlled and very yeah. considered. It wasn't it wasn't a a ranty, loosey rag moment. It was it was quite a considered, stern word from an old seasoned man of the game, and I think he was very careful with his words, and he but at the same time quite pointed with his words. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, he's never had anything like that to say because he's probably never seen anything quite like that in his life. I doubt in any level of Spanish football has he seen anything as rankly incompetent as that. Um, I, I can't, I can't even imagine, can't think when I've seen any referee in at any level as rankly incompetent. Have you spoken to anyone Neil over there about it who actually saw the game who isn't a Newcastle fan? You know, because we were talking about it the day yes. at work, and we said, you know what, people who are from. Another part of the world who are watching that on on Sky TV, on BN Sports, whatever it happened to be shown on in their particular country, must have looked at that and thought, you know what, they're going about officials, they're going about about Britain. That looked to me like a corrupt game from some banana republic, to be perfectly frank. You know, that's how bad it looked. I had a conversation this morning, Steve, with them. with the lad Clive over here who's to, something to do with the Brighton Supporters Club and he's a big Brighton fan. I've talked about him a couple of times in the last couple of weeks. Um, and his first words to me this morning at the meeting more at was, what the effing hell was that all about <laughs> on Friday night? You know, he couldn't make any sense of it. And then he came out with a classic. He says, well, on the plus side, I'm quite sure the referee's wife and children who were patently held hostage by a Colombian drug baron with a bet on the game were quite safe and well afterwards. And that, that was the words of a Brighton fan, not me. Exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. And I had a Spurs fan sat with him just sitting sniggering. Um, and, and I have to say, we were warned as a couple of Borough lads get into the bar where we go and watch the game. And, and, and they were talking to her at the end of the season last season. They said, I tell you what, you're in for an interesting ride with the referees next season. And they weren't wrong. Yeah. I mean, since game one. Wasn't the referee that gave it, though, was it? We've been talking about refereeing decisions. Referees give them 
the, the, the take the first one, the lines, and give the first the one, didn't he? Well, the linesman flagged him. The referee could overrule him. The linesman, the linesman flagged and said he'd seen something, and the and the referee jumped in. And the ref, it's the referee's decision is final at the end of the day. It's not the linesman. He might go. He takes his advice. But we we were talking about it. So you know what? It's on it's on TV. It's going all around the world. It's an advert for the football league. Mm. The football league's in competition to get as much TV revenue as it can. Mm. You'd think showcase games like that game on on Friday night. And I, no disrespect to, to and this I would be saying this if it, if it was any other club, not just because it's Newcastle. But you think the yeah, the, the football league when it's a showcase a TV game. We'd be looking and saying, you know what, we're going to make sure that we've got some of our top officials on this. Now, maybe this guy is one of the top officials. Of, that would have to be so. worried if he is, you know. But I would, I, it, you would I, think I, I, that they, I, would, they, would, they would go and they would get someone with Premier League, good Premier League experience and, and have them referee in a game like that, a, a TV game, just because it's going worldwide and it's showing up the Football League as mm. being a league run and and controlled by incompetent officials. And he was actually in a Northern League game push. three days beforehand, I believe. A, is Northern, a... a Northern League game. That's, yeah, that's, three that's days before. Lot, doesn't it? it might I as well would, have I got old do. Jackie O from, who used to referee in the 1970s yeah. and 80s, who would say to you, if you give a penalty, his first words were, don't worry, lads, I've even it up in five. <laughs> you know? and, and it would go on like that. And it would be, ah, that'll be evened up. That, that challenge is going to be evened up, lads. Don't worry about it, you know. And he would do it, you know. And you'd end up with games playing on, playing on the pitches up at, uh, at, at um, Barrack Road there, you know, with Jackie in the, in the fog of, of an October, November day. And Jackie's like evening out the games for you. And you're going, we didn't want the games evened up. We want, we want decent refereeing to begin with. You know? I want you to keep up for a start, you know. Oh, God. I watched it on an Indian stream, and and the two lads commentating were quite frankly baffled. Yes. I didn't know, don't know who they were. They were they were both English commentators, but they were commentating for for ten sports, and 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 they really were quite confused. <laughs> it's the only <laughs> way to put it. You know, you could tell it was like, um, well, what do you make of that then, Jeff? You know, it yeah. was it was really an odd thing to watch, and as you say, it's a global advert. That game yeah. was was on. Everywhere, everywhere, begin have a platform. It was on. Yep. It was on covering all of Asia, um, Australia, not, Australia, absolutely, America and Canada, it, absolutely worldwide. There was it was on Scandinavian telly. It was on Polish telly. It was on German telly, and, and they'll be looking at that thinking, "What the hell is this comedy?" I think on, on the plus side, if if we can't have a plus, and there has to be a plus for every game, and the plus side was. Nine men battled like Trojans, mm. played the opposition with 11 players off the park for long periods of the game, mm. only succumbed again by refereeing decisions that went against them. And I think the tide had turned with the equaliser, and I think most of the fans were, like, were, were laughing by this point and thinking, well, we're going to lose this because the referee... And we cannot hold out for much longer. But what it showed to me was... Uh, Steve, I have to, uh, I've actually got, the, I've got uh, Mark Halsey on the line now. Oh, uh, just, so just pff, take a break, everybody. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's just bring... I'll, I'll bring it I'll, I'll, I'll have to do two things at once at the minute. But um, give me one second just so I can uh, make sure I've got him in there. Okay. Well, good evening, Mark Halsey. How are you? Good evening. I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? 
I'm not too bad. I'll give you a full title uh, because, you know, I've got two guys here that won't shut up about this referee performance on uh, Friday night. But uh, we have Mark, Mark Halsey, former FIFA and Premier League referee, now currently with at You Are The Ref. So if you want to talk to Mark, youarethereft.com. If you want to talk to him, if you want to send any message via Twitter, um, go give them your hashtag, Mark. It's just at Referee Halsey. You can contact me on Twitter at Referee Halsey. I'll answer any of your questions as honestly as I can. Lovely. Well, as we've got Neil um, Mitchell, who's in Dubai, uh, ready to go <laughs> to, to, to talk to you. And I've got the equally crazy person, that is uh, Steve Hasty from Newcastle's Fans Forum. So whatever you say, it's going back to Rafa. So be careful. Good <laughs> evening, oh, Mark. Me and, me and Rafa go on very well, so I'm not going to criticise Rafa. <laughs> okay, great. <stop. laughs> um, that's one tick for you. That's one tick in the box. There's a few more you need, though. <laughs> so I'll go, I'll go with Neil first. Go ahead, Neil. You've got your question for um, Mark Halsey, a former FIFA referee, and also his book on added time with Ian Ridley. Go ahead. Good evening, Mark. It's Neil here from Dubai. How are you doing? Um, well, I bet it's a bit warmer out there, pal, than what it is here <laughs> it, in Bolden. <laughs> very pleasant it is. Very yeah, pleasant. I'm flying back to Spain tomorrow for a bit of a bit of warm weather and a bit of golf, oh, and I'm nice. going to go to Madrid on Wednesday to watch Madrid and Dortmund. Marvelous. Oh, absolutely marvellous. Yeah. Not, not a bad decision at all. Look, um, in a nutshell, <laughs> you must have seen and had to assess refereeing performances in your time uh, over and over again. What on earth? Where do you even begin? Well, I mean, I've got to say, I think we've got a big problem at Select Group 1, Select Group 2. First of all, I don't go and assess referees. Um, I don't go and coach referees in this country as... Um, we didn't leave on. I didn't leave on good terms with the yeah. current <laughs> general manager, um, mm. who doesn't like it said as it is. And, and unfortunately, in is that business, Mr. Ol- life, is that, uh, Oliver? Is yeah. it? Oh, no, no, it's not, no, it's not Oliver. It's, is it Riley? Mike Riley? Uh, you said the name, not me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> very old, very old modern Riley. <laughs> so I, I, I think we've got we've got a big problem at the moment at, at, at that level, elite level, with with our, our coaching, the quality of our coaches, the quality of our assessors. Um, obviously, what you've got to remember at the at the elite level, the Premier League level, there's no assessors. They just have an eleva- evaluation system where seven people sit. And watch the watch the DVD, and just say to the referee, yes, yes, you got it right, or yes, you got it wrong. Mm-hmm. So there's no training purpose from coming in in the input from that from that evaluation. Before, where you used to have the assessors that come in and at full time, and you talk about your performance, and they would critique it or you know praise you uh, with positives or negatives, and that's just not happening in in uh, Select Group One. Um, and, and the other thing that for me is that at the moment, in you know, it's like me perhaps telling you how to do your job. We've got people at the top now coaching and managing referees that's never refereed, never been in the coalface, never refereed at FIFA, never refereed in the Premier League, yet they're trying to tell the likes of Michael Oliver, um, Mark Clattenburg, Mike Dean, Martin Axon how to go out and referee. You know, we've, we've got an assistant referee on the Select Group 2, um, which is the championship, um, doing the training and education. He's in his 20s, he's never refereed. We've got you know, Adam Watt, who's the select group line manager. He's never refereed. We've got Ray Olivier as well in training and education. He's never refereed at the top. So, you know, how, how, no wonder our referees are failing. And, you know, and I know they're not, they're not, they're not having 
these guys and they're just going out refereeing, you know, willy-nilly. They're just doing it where they want to referee. And you've got to have clear leadership, clear direction, and we haven't got that. How do I know we haven't got that? Because can, everyone can clearly see week in, week out, we're getting errors, 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 errors. Yes, listen, look, when I referee, I make mistakes. Thankfully, never at uh, St. James's Park <laughs> or at Sunderland, uh, <laughs> so I got away up there. But listen, we all made mistakes, but we didn't make them uh, the, the amount they're making now, week in, week out. I mean, you know, the Euros in, 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 that's just gone, you know, in France, we didn't see hardly any errors, did we? Because the referees had clear leadership from Kalina. Someone that's been yeah. there, seen yeah. it, yeah. done it, and worn the T-shirt. But, you know, say, going back to, 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 to Friday, you know, Steve Martin, I, I've got to say, I mean, there's, there's quite a few points that I would be, you know, talking to him about his performance. I would have been on the phone to him. I mean, I would have been there <laughs> as his coach. I would have been there watching the game, and I would have been speaking to him on the phone the next day. Because that's the best time. I mean, obviously they don't have assessor there, but if he if his coach is there, you don't interfere what the assessor's got to say. I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's refereed quite a number of years at that level, so he's got to have a bit of experience. He's got experience, and I was amazed. Okay, any young referees out or any fans that are watching that game, the incident with Shelby yeah. and um, Lansbury. Okay, you know the two fiery characters. You've got to be aware. It's about awareness of what's going on around you. It's about manage your game. Managing the players, you can't. There's things in that game that you, you, you can't manage, and you've got to do it with a with a yellow card. You, you get one, you get one chance early on in the game to stamp your authority on the game. If you don't do that, as we saw at Manchester City on on Saturday, yeah. and as we saw at Everton yesterday, yeah. players will then take it matters in the law into their own hands. And the first, the first, the first big talking point, obviously, was was Shelby and Lansbury. Now, you know, the first thing he done, he turns his back. And he turns his back, he runs away, so he's not looking, yeah. so he's relying on his assistant, who's flagging like there's a plane coming in, and you're thinking, well, what's happened? And to be fair, Lansbury has sort of made a meal of it, but if he doesn't turn his back on that, he sees that incident, he looks at it, he goes, hits the whistle, as soon as Lansbury goes in, he hits the whistle and blows, give a free kick to Newcastle, just mm. kill it, kill it, and that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen, what, what happened there when he sends off Shelby, okay? So, uh, uh, are we saying that the, because there's so many different people there, officials that haven't played the game, wh- why would they not? Why would they not just turn around and say, "Okay, listen, we want the best." Obviously, Kalina, so Kalina's not in the frame now. But why would why would the football league and the Premier League not just say, "Right, okay, we're going to get the we're going to get the best guys to essentially uh, train them, talk yeah. to them." Uh, mentor them because that's what it's about isn't it you've got to, you've got to be able to say like, imagine what if, I'm saying about the yeah. quality of the coaches and the assessors and the mentor down below we haven't got the quality we just haven't got the quality coming through to, to go around and train these referees and do it properly you know they just I mean when I when, when I was coming through I, I mean I, I worked in a warehouse I was a warehouse manager I knew how to manage men I knew how to talk to, 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 to men at this day and age, we just don't seem to have any man management, you know, on, 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 on managing the game and talking. We must, the referees must, must engage with players on the football field to get them on side. They must. And that's something that's, that's lacking. And that's where I learned all mine, you know, working with people. And that's where you get your, your man management skills. And, and I think there's a lack of that today in, 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 in our game. I really do. Well, Mark, Mark, you, sorry, go ahead. Mark, Steve, Steve from Newcastle. I was going to say, Mark, you, 
you refereed the game with a bit of a smile on your face mm-hmm. in, in yep. terms of the fact that you, you had a rapport with the players. I'm sure you, you felt yeah. as though you had a rapport with it. It certainly came over as a supporter that, yeah. you know, there was a, there was a mutual respect. Yep. Uh, you, you let those guys know that you were the referee, you were going to do the best, you were going to let the game flow. If there was a, if there was a man-for-man challenge, you were going to let yeah. it ride. If it was a vicious challenge, you were going to take the person up about it. And if it's necessary, you were going to, you were going to stamp your authority with a card, yeah. whether it was early doors or, or, or whenever, when it was needed. Absolutely, absolutely, you're absolutely yeah. spot on. And you do get that. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be with a card. You know, it can be no. something goes on, and all of a sudden you just go, hey, you, you hit the whistle, you say, hey, hey, you, get in here, I want you, come here. Exactly. Hey. And, you know what I mean? and I'm not going to say what I said to the players on air, because I can't, but you can read it between the lines. Hey, get in here, what are you doing? Come here, just calm down, otherwise you ain't going to survive 90 minutes, okay? Cut it out. And then, exactly. and that's it, and away you go, you get on it. We don't see that anymore. We're seeing no. far, far too many cheap cautions. Uh, we're seeing far too many cautions for careless challenges. Law is a careless challenge is a free kick only. We're seeing referees cautioning for careless and letting worse challenges go. Reckless challenges. So the, the recognition of careless and reckless is not what it should be. So then you've got to look. You go back to your training and education. You go back to look at your, your, your video sessions. And, and then you should be putting all these, these sessions, like Steve, uh, Steve Martin's performance. They should all, when they get there together, that, that should be put up on, 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 the, on, the, on the screen. And let's see, right, how can, forget the referee. How can we learn from this? How can we learn from this? And then you're absolutely, you're absolutely spawning. You've got to engage with the players, get them on your side. Once, once you've got the trust of the referee, of the, of the player, then it's easy. Referees, because referees just walk on that field of play and they think they can demand respect straight away. That's not right. That won't, that will not happen. You get respect from the players with your accuracy in your decision making. Okay, if you're calling the correct calls, whether it be a small throw or a goal kick or a corner. You start getting them wrong, that leads to getting the big decisions wrong, as we saw over the weekend, and that leads to the, refer- uh, the, the players losing trust with the, with the referees, and then what they do then is they take the law into their own hands, as we saw at the weekend. You're right, we did see yeah. that. You know, what? you know why we saw it, Mark? We saw it because for 25 minutes, there hadn't been a single Nottingham Forest player within 10 yards of Shelby. Shelby was yeah. walking through the game. There was no challenges coming in. He, he was just picking the ball up and he was going at will. And then the message came out, you're going to have to get tight. Because the commentators, all the way through that, that mm-hmm. first 25, were saying, Shelby's walking this game. He's walking <laughs> through. He's, he's got to, you know, they keep giving him time and space now. So obviously, <laughs> you'd expect that the Norton Forest bench had spotted this sent the signal out. So the first challenge that comes in on Shelby was that challenge by Lansbury. And it, and it wasn't a bad challenge or anything like that, but it was the, it was the first one that the lad had had. Because that's what I'm saying. Where? Win, you know? that, that, from that incident, that was it. The referee had lost yeah. the game because Newcastle were incensed because they think they should have had a free kick. Maybe a cheap free kick, but there, no one's going to complain. It's not going to hurt anybody. Give the free kick. And just slow it down and boss it. Hey, you know, get in there. Hey, you two, cut that out. Free kick that way. Hey, Lansbury, easy. Cut it out. Go on, get away and get on with it. And that, and, 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 and it's your body language. It's the way you speak to players as well. Sometimes you need to, you know, your body language and your facial expressions say a lot. But other times, you know, I, I keep saying to, you know, I've just come back from um, San Diego coaching referees out there. Yes. And 
for me, a smile, like you say, a smile goes a long, long way. A smile diffuses situations. Referees can laugh with the players, they can joke with the players, but when they've got to come down and stamp their authority on the game, they will get the respect from the players because then the players know where they stand. Mm. And, and, a, and a smile just diffuses so much sometimes on the field. Break. I smiled when I was cautioning players. <laughs> you know, I, like, you know, I smiled with them and except we're having a little, having a little joke and as, as I'm showing them the other car, we have a little smile and they put you, pat you on the back and away you go. Neil? <laughs> well, what do you, what's created this disconnect, Mark? What, you're talking about how you've, you've got people advising referees who've never refereed. Is this the result of somebody building an empire and not wanting to put people who threaten his position in place? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is I that, think you're looking now at the... At? I think the, lane, the, lane, the main man now is in charge of everything. He's the managing director of the PGML, so he's, you know, he's, he's bulletproof. Um, and I mean, you know, I, I, I think you're looking at referees. I, I think they're not having the, the, the coaching team and, and the management at the moment at, at middle middle management um, because they're, they're just saying, well, hang on, what, what do they know? What can they teach us? And you, and you can see it in referees' performances. You know, I mean, we look at, you know, we talk about, you know, bossing the game and, and stamping your authority. We look at the game yesterday. With, I mean, I was at Everton yesterday. I was yeah, guest. Believe that one. I was guest at Everton Football Club and I was speaking in their lounges. And if you look at the first ten, you look at the first twenty minutes. Okay, Michael missed his chance, right, to caution um, Gareth Barry in the yeah. tenth minute. It was an absolutely nailed-on caution for a reckless challenge. They're the sort of things you can't manage. So he goes over. He's, he's got him away. He's just talking. He's, he's spoke to Gareth Barry. You can't manage those. So then, what happens then is um, United are all going. Well, oh, oh, right, okay. You've been given license. We, 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 we can put in challenges like that. So what happens a few minutes later? What happened? Two-footed Loho. tackle. Two-footed. That, that, that challenge. Red card all day long. Yep. Red cards all day long. For, you know, reckless challenge, endangering the player's safety with excessive force. So, of course, then they think, oh, if he gets away, we'll get, let's, put, let's, let's try one. So then, so then Michael gets it wrong. He gives, he gives a yellow card. So the first 20 minutes, he failed to stamp his authority on the game. And but to be fair to Michael, as the game went on, he sort of calmed down and got one or two things right, and he, 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 he didn't run away from him, and then obviously he got the penalty right. But that goes to show, you know, early on, if you don't get the decisions right, the players will take the matters into their own hands. And I think, I think, I think, that, I think, if, I think if Rojo had have carried on and the, the player hadn't have been in front of him, he would have ended up in the Gladys Street, wouldn't he, you know, because he, he literally dived two-footed and... Hit, Oh yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a poor challenge, and it's the same with yeah. Aguero on 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 Saturday. Yeah, you know, and Taylor didn't boss the game. He didn't boss the game. His body language wasn't right. He let too many advances go where they were only possessional advantages. They weren't real advantages. So then players think, oh, he's he's not going to free kick there. He's, he's missed that. Yeah. You know, instead of just yeah. having a little, hey, listen, I've seen that, I played the advantage, sorry, but it wasn't a real advantage, I should have given the free kick. So let players know what you're thinking. And then they think, oh, yeah, okay, okay, Mark, no problem, thanks for that, thanks for talking to us. But because mm. he missed one or two things, and then it goes on because he missed the, the, the Lewis on, on, on Aguero, so Aguero gets upset. So, you know, so that's why, you know, I think Mark, um, Anthony Taylor contributed to the big melee at the end because of the way he refereed the game. He didn't boss the game. I, I, think I was at, I was at a, a, an FA um, event for supporters at the start of last season, the Premier League, when we were in the Premier League, and uh, your, your friend there we were talking about who was running the referees was there giving us an opinion on um, how they were going to manage the offside rule this season, 
and put up some examples of and, and ask the panel, ask the, the group who were together uh, whether or not in a, whether the situation was offside. And um, it seemed to me that that, that that was all that they worried about. They worried about the things that were going to get picked up on TV that were technical, that mm. were going to catch, being, being caught out for, because on match of the day they were going to say, oh, look at that, he was offside. Mm. And we're talking about a hair's breadth. We're talking about a quarter of a toe. Absolutely. We're talking about it in one incident. It was the player's knee that was playing somebody on side, you know. And he going, "Oh, look, the, the defender's knee." It was actually in the castle defender at the time as well. So I was a bit, I was a bit grieved anyway. And I was, he's leaning forward, and you think, and the knee. If you draw the line, that oh yeah, that played him on side. You go, rubbish. That's not the way we were taught. Outside, give the benefit of the doubt to, 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 to the attacker, you know. And, we, and everyone yeah. be happy with that because it won scores, but. It, it's down to the point where it's it's the minute eye that they're yeah. looking at on technical matters, yeah. on a rule that literally nobody in the country and probably in the football world now understands. And no, I was a referee and I never understood it. I was, I was a referee, I was on the line for a year and they, 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 they sacked me and put me in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but when you, assistant, that's for sure. It's interesting, when you, obviously when you retired, uh, did you expect to go into the the referee's think tank was 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 yeah. is, that, is that what happened? I mean, I'm, I'm I'm ready for that now. I've been out of it for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know Chris Foy um, quit, and then he, he got moved into a, a coaching role, but he soon got moved on by the general manager because obviously um, he didn't do his job properly, or he didn't, or the the the, the um, people weren't having him. Um, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to be involved. I, I did have a I did have a conversation when when I knew my time was up. Um, mm-hmm. um, Oh, when I, you know, I knew my body had, had enough after my illness and everything, and mm. the, what I put my body through, it, it was time to, yeah. to, um, to, to give up. And when I did that, I had a conversation um, with, with a um, certain manager, and you know, I said I'd like to be involved in coaching and, and helping, and was, would there be anything mm. for me if I, when I retired? Yeah. And I was told uh, under no certain terms, no, there wouldn't be, not for me. So, you know, that's... Oh. I th- it's a shame, it's a shame, because I think when, when you look at the likes of myself, you look at the mm. likes of... Um, uh, Barry Knight, um, Paul Durkin, mm-hmm. Roger Dilks, so ex-referees, Jeff Winter. You know, even even Graham Pohl. I mean, he was a, he was a good referee. And you know, none of us none of us are involved. They're all been top quality referees. None of us are involved in coaching or training referees. How, how can that not how can that not be right? You know, where we're just we're just lost to the game. Yeah, I I, I say I say good good coaches. Good coaches turn average players into good players, good players into excellent players. It's no different with referee coaches. It's exactly the same, and we've got a severe lack of coaches. You know, if you look at the select group one, there's one coach for 18 referees, and the select group two, there's one one main coach for them as well. So how can one man coach 18 referees? How can they, you know, be at every 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 game? And and to be fair to the to the lad, he's, he's, a, he's a lovely lad, but he's not had the experience at that level to coach these guys. Mm. Yeah, so yeah because they go around in teams, don't they? I think um, they're trying to get four. Well, it's five, isn't it? Because you've got the the extra the fourth man. But you've got normally they, they go around in teams, right? Or is that just for the Premiership? That's just that's, the guys that stick with the same assistants are the guys that are in the Champions League. You know, they take out the same assistants with them when you know on, on the Premier League for the Champions League. So there's just there's just about three of them that have normally the same assistant referees. The rest they are in they are in teams, but they have different different assistants. Um, for, you know, for for different different games they are in teams, but well, they have a cup the same two one week, and then they'll have a different lot the following week. 
What's, the, what's the age limit? What's the age limit now on a on a red? When do you have to retire? Is there, is there there's, a there's no, there's no, because they're full time now. There's no age limit on a um, uh, for for a referee retiring. Um, obviously, because it's, it's employment law. Right. They can carry on. I mean, I could have still been refereeing now, um, but uh, obviously I didn't think it was right um, just picking up. I wanted to go out as people be knowing me as uh, as a, um, a good referee. I know some of the, I see some of the fans up there didn't like the, the challenge I missed at um, at uh, Wigan that that Sunday afternoon when you played uh, up there. Yeah, the challenge. Um, oh, so, that was uh, Mc, uh, yeah, that was on um, that, man, that crazy man uh, McLean, man, wasn't it? it? It was an arm, it was Mark Manaman, Manaman on, um, yeah. on Hidara. On Hidara. On yeah. So all those guys out there, I apologise for that. I, was, you know, I didn't see, I didn't see the, I didn't see the challenge because there was a player in front of me, and I was, I was so annoyed with myself for not, for not seeing it. But, so, yeah. but that's the problem, isn't it? I, 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 I would have sent him off had I seen it, and they still decided not to take any action. But there you go. Yeah, I don't, wanna, I don't want to disappoint you, but you're not in the Trellford Mills Coddington yeah. list yeah, of list of hated referees. <laughs> or in the history of, of football and history in the continent, those guys are sitting at the top, and those guys, after 40 years, are still at the top. Of, I, I remember, top of, I remember Brian Coddington. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that there was a, a particularly notorious game that we had against, uh, I think it was against Derby County, uh, where I think he sent off uh, three players, and uh, Terry Mack, who was in the dugout. Um, I think he spent most of the second half trying to dodge seats that were being hurled at him. Then, then you know, I'll, I'll apologise. I wasn't, uh, wasn't me. Mm-hmm. But then, then you go back as far as uh, the, the, the late seventies, and you had Trellford Mills, who again was an absolutely uh, shocking uh, referee's decisions that that that, uh, that he had. And th- those those two guys are, are sitting at the top. They're they're at the top of our our. Uh, oh, that's okay. Then. There was only one game I was I was I was poor when I sort of seen that challenge. But as I say. A player stood right in front of me as, as he went for that, that tackle and I just didn't, didn't even see it. I just thought we'd won the ball because I saw the ball going away. But there you go, know, that's, that's, that's football, isn't it? And, uh, yeah. you know, that's, that's, we also say we all make mistakes. But, um, you know, so thanks, Steve. I'm going to bring another guest. But thanks, yeah, Steve. I, I know you've got a nip been, off, mate. <laughs> yes, it's been great. I'm off to the, uh, off to the committee meeting at the Irish Centre now. Uh, make sure that everything's in place for Christmas. Uh, so thanks very much for your time. And, uh, yes, Steve. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll catch, catch you next week. Thanks, Steve. Cheers now. Bye now. Cheers now. Well, I think when you're, I think when you're refereeing, you know, you keep on hearing about these stories, don't you? That some players, like when it comes to Christmas, on purpose, are trying, are trying to get bookings. But even when you played, it was never, it was never known then, was it? Even then, it was. I'm, I'm, I'm sure in the cor- in the corridors it was, but we never knew about that. These, these things used to happen. It never happened to me at, at Christmas oh, time or you know, before that. I mean, no player ever said that to me. Um, the only time it, it did happen to me, um, it was, I mean, it was, I mean, it was, it was nothing. It was, it was, it was funny. It was, it was uh, Stephen Warnock when I was refereeing um, yeah. Sunderland, Aston Villa up at um, Stadium of Light. And um, I think it was, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was uh, I think it was a Saturday game. I can't remember it, but anyway. They were due to play a cup guy on a game on Tuesday, and then they had the West Midlands derby, Birmingham Villa, on the Saturday. And he was one booking away for suspension. He said, "Mark, will you listen? I need a caution because I don't want to miss the derby next Saturday. I get, you know, so because if he didn't get booked on the on the on the um, Saturday and he got cautioned on the on the Tuesday, he would miss the derby game." I said, "Right, listen, 
Do not go and do anyone. Do not kick anyone. I will give a free <laughs> kick against you, and then just show, then just show me dissent or kick the ball away. Then I'll, I'll caution you. Next time he's done that, I'll give me a yellow card. Mister choose the game, so he was ready for the uh, for the derby. So yeah, it's one of those things, you know. So just that that does go on sometimes, and it did, it did happen with me. So that's the only time I would say it happened to me. I've got Keith, there, Keith calling. Yes, sorry, yes. hold on, Neil. I've got uh, Keith sort of fan on the on the line. Obviously, Keith, I'll bring you in a second to talk to to referee Mark Halsey. But go ahead, Neil. Well, the thing is, um, what Mark's making there though is it really salient to what he said earlier about having a rapport with the players, mm-hmm. having an ability for a player to even even have the the the, the tongue and cheekness, the audacity to come up to you and say, Do you know what, I, I, I need to yell at the day, <laughs> and that you were able to interact with them. <laughs> At that level, I reckon that couldn't happen with a modern referee. Yeah. It would blow his mind. You, you, know, you need, you need, you need to referee to, with personality. You've got this, this right. day and age. You know, you know, it, it, you're only such under the scrutiny. But you still can have a personality. You've got to talk to the players. Listen, what you know, you know. Perhaps I was wrong and said, okay, then if you want that, yeah, you, you, it's, it's just natural. You say, okay, then if that's what you want, you know, yeah, no problem. If just, you've got to just, just them, that's what you'll yeah. do. And that's and that's what and that's what you need and that's what's missing today, isn't it? You know, is that's what's missing today. I mean, some of them. I mean, listen, we got there are some very good referees out there. You know, we've got most probably the best in the Premier League that lives up in up in the North East, which yeah, is um, Mark Clattenburg. And Michael's doing well as well. No, he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, you know, he had a first a, a poor twenty minutes in uh, yesterday. But listen, referees. You know, at the top level, you you cannot be. It's just like a player. You cannot be the best week in, week out. You're not going to perform at your best because, it's like players, you get mentally and physically tired. And sometimes we overwork our referees. You cannot keep giving these referees the top top games all the time because it does take it out of it. it takes its toll. You need to pull them in and pull them out. And the problem is at the moment we've got in the elite group is that we've got most probably, what, four or five referees that can referee any game in the Premier League. Any game you give them, they can bring it home safely, OK? So for the rest, there's a few referees in there that, that shouldn't be there. They're not good enough. And the PGML don't trust them. And do you know why they don't trust them? Look at the games that the PGML give them. You'll see them never refereeing those big games. So, we've, we, as I say, it comes down to coaching, training and education. We've got to give them these games. You know, there's, there's some referees that are informed. Kevin Friend, I think he's doing well this year. He, like, he gets one game and he's out for two games. They make him full official. So how's he ever going to improve? Give him a run of games. Instead of giving the likes of John Moss, who who's, seems to be a favourite that, with, with the management and gets game after game after game. He's making mistake after mistake after mistake. Let's pull him out. Let's give Kevin Friend a, a, a run. Let's see him have a run of four or five games. Let's give him one of these big A games and see if he, see how he handles it. Until you put them in there, you're not going to see how they react or how they referee or how they perform. And they're never going to get the experience to referee those big, big games. Keith, uh, obviously, um, Keith Sullen fan. Um, have you got anything for, for, for Mark? Because obviously, referees the last couple of weeks have missed a couple of things for your team, haven't they? Well, not well, he did sat Andre Marin on. Now he's not giving that as a penalty <laughs> on Saturday. I never know. <laughs> well, listen, don't worry. When we keep on winning, I'm not bothered with the referees. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It'd be good for you, David, because you're a good lad. I've worked with David in uh, in Dover on BN Sports when we we cover games out there. So obviously. He's, He's got the job there, but he's a, he's a good manager. He's a good man. I've got a, you know very good man. I'm, I think I got. I'm warming to him. Keep you up. <laughs> <laughs> thing yeah. is, a lot of people had said about David Moyes, didn't it, uh, Mark? That he had lost a bit of lost a bit of his passion. 
because he went abroad and obviously Man United. But he seems to, I think he's getting his message across now to to, to Sunderland and the, the the group themselves seem to be um, coming around. But the the question, like I think you've probably already answered a little bit that um, it would it not be better that if if referees why are referees not allowed, especially if if they come out of the game. To yeah. to go to training to go into training games and 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 talk to players that they're at the games when they've got the training matches or even yeah. at reserve matches because you, at least you could stand there and you know if something happens in a game you could or you could you know you could walk let's be honest you could walk around within with with a, a mic couldn't you and just say listen you can't do this you can't do that what, like the only person I see on Sky especially is uh, Dermot Gallagher. And uh, mm. I haven't seen him come on the on the TV and talk about the match on on Friday, and I haven't even seen well, him talk about Sunderland's I mean, Dermot will say. I mean, I mean, I've known Dermot for years, but don't forget, Dermot is employed by the PGMOL. Mike mm. Riley is his boss, so he can only come on and say um, what Mike Riley tells him to say. And you can see sometimes where he, 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 he says things that. Oh that, no! I agree with that. That's not a penalty. Or that was a penalty, and we're all saying, "What?" As, as he said, as he said, that's not a penalty. Or as he said, that's not a sending off. So, a lot of the times, a lot of the times, he has to speak to, um, you know, Mike Riley before he goes on that show, because he is an assessor and he works for the PGMOL. To me, like I think Wes already said, when when it comes to players, oh sorry, referees want needing to be told how they've been performed. It seems like a softly, softly approach to me. Like, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I worked on the evaluation system, and, and it's not good for referees. It's, it's not good. You need someone there. It's like, you know, I was I was coaching out in San Diego last week, and I, for me, like when the halftime whistle comes, if a referee's not doing so well, okay, who's going in there to talk to him to to, to butter up his confidence, to gain, get his confidence back, and go out there and do and, and have a better second half. It's no different to when a team comes off, the management, the management go in and, and speak to the players about the first half. Well, with referees, that doesn't happen. You know, that, that, that doesn't happen. So if you've had a, 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 an indifferent 45 minutes, who's in there to, 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 to get that confidence up again and go out and have, another, uh, have a, a good 45 minutes? And that's the, pro- and that, and that's the problem. That's, that's the problem we've got. What did you think, uh, Keith, when, when you had that penalty not given... Uh, did did did, he, did the referee? What, what was your reaction to afterwards when the referees and his decision making? Well, immediately you obviously do have your whinge, but honestly, I mean, my cousin I've told me listen to this, he he just he checks weeks in advance who's, who's getting allocated which games and which rep mm-hmm. it might be. You know, he refers to them weeks afterwards. He knows everything, and I let them go by because ultimately you're watching the match, and if you have got a reasonable ref. You're going to get swings and round. You always have in the back of your mind that that ref hates our club or whatever. But I agree with what Mark says there. When you're going off, you kind of think out of 11, 12 guys who get a game on a Saturday, obviously with subs coming on, there's only one guy going to be the man of the match out of your team. And it might not be your best player and the team might not be a favourite, but one guy, the ball just falls right for him. Few things come off from me. You get to man the match performance for your team, but that's one out of 12 or 13. And it's the same by the opposing side. But you've got both sets of fans against the referee. Mm. Yeah, this is not me backing referees, by the way. I'd rather them be invisible and no talking yeah. points, but you're just not going to get that. But um, a few decisions. The other thing is, I, I missed the start of the show, but I'm going to guess 
it's a TV, it's a pressure. I don't know who that yeah. ref was yesterday where the guy carried the ball, the keeper took it over the line, and uh, yeah. it, the, the TV showed that it that it wasn't uh, across the line. And I don't know who the ref was, but he gave it a little wry smile as if to see if thank God I didn't recall that one. Cause <laughs> to be honest, he would have called it wrong. Uh, and he had a decent game, as it happens, and it was a hell of a game as well. It was end-to-end stuff, wasn't it? So it is hard for a ref. I'm, I'm not the one that badges them. Yeah, I'll shout all the expletive scorn for the few moments that happened. And luckily, you get to see it on the TV instantly at the stadiums as well. So it's a nightmare for him because if he's made a mistake, bang, not only does he know about it because the fans think they've caught him out, they have it confirmed as well by seeing it up there. So look, the decision didn't get given. The best thing is you pick yourself up and you just bang straight on with um, yeah. what does amaze me is the, the dead ball line sometimes that there's, there's not an additional official there with that much money in football you've got a guy a ref, a, a, the, the, the uh, linesman if we call them have got to like see right across the park you know in this day and age and it, it's just it's a, a tricky one to call um, and you've got like people come and go and the new offside rules <coughs> how can you tell somebody's literally active and having an influence on the game you know the trot off what would think is the old offside the trot back on are the in player they're not playing i always think the keeper's affected by it because if he sees a guy in the opposing color shirt there mm. he can't know what the ref's opinion is of that guy and if the ref's going to call it right so that that's a tough one when you offside rule but penalties get get given and you and you, you get some given you that you shouldn't have had the deli alley situation i mean mm. that's been horrendous yeah, he just, he just signed up for the Christmas pantomime. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet he has, aye. Without a doubt. Oh, they're doing the re splash, you know, diving from the top board, he'll be in for that. But, you know, really, referees for me, they come and go. I don't even bother looking at the names on, on the programme for me, seriously. Nah. I just I want to get the game over. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes, by the way, I, I see this every week, you know, when the lights went off last two weeks ago at the stadium sometimes mm-hmm. if a ref gives a bad decision and you feel you've got an injustice against you it actually spurs your team on yeah, and then yeah, he yeah. is you know yeah. having a nightmare of a game it, it it builds your players up to think that they've also had the injustice the fans are roaring on the players want yeah. to prove the referee wrong so it, it's not always a bad thing as well I mean that guy on Friday night that was great banter when Steve Martin and America got all the yeah team. it was that funny was wasn't fantastic. it Did you I was, yeah I was, I've got that. I'm back saying, I'll watch your films, pal. <laughs> uh, exactly. Well, <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the thing is, in America, like obviously you said, you come back from a training course in America. Forgot, you know, let's be honest, when you go to America, if the kids can't really get that passionate into, into football and the way that it's softly, softly played, I can't imagine what the referee, what it's like refereeing over there. Because, it, you know, but you don't. The difference I found in America, you don't hear of that many major errors, like you know that go around. Because normally on social media, you would say, "Well, this guy did that," but in America, you don't really hear too much about well, it. Well, I mean, they're having big problems out there. Apparently, the referees mm-hmm. are taking the dip in form out there, and it's, it's quite big on the MLS on on Sky. I mean, mm-hmm. we were out there last week on the Surf Cup, and we were watching. I mean, it was a it was college it was college um, football, and it was and it was like. Unbelievable! There were so many teams. There was like twenty pitches, and there were, the competition was going on. You know, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, sorry, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And and some of the, the, the players out there, they were. I mean, the challenges were were quite robust, and you know, they, it's, it's very passionate out there, and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, it was it was good to see that. I mean, some of the skill the skill factor out there was was immense. 
Mm. It's like well, going, going back on the on the refs though as well about where they come from, you know, mm. and the, the, the schooling they have. It, mm. it gets debated every time a ref does make a, um, a particularly noticeable wrong decision. But there's there's some ex-footballers who say, oh, once I've left football, I've got no yeah. career. Premier League referees, I know you're going to say, well, they're worth every penny of it, blah, 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 but it's, it's a cracking wage in the in the rest of the UK. It's a good wage to, to actually be a referee, and there's not a single footballer who's mm. played, played, even it's sort of lower league standard, just decided they want to be a referee and take... That's a good, that's a good of, that's a great question, that because um, I spoke about this um, last week uh, on another radio station, and um, I'm, a, I'm a, I mean, you're right. It is, it is a cracking wage. I think the, but I think the um, uh, basics about ninety-two thousand a year. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, they get their match fees on top, um, and then at the end of the season, they get a bonus as well. Um, obviously, they get all their, mm-hmm. all their travel paid, all their hotels are paid. So yeah. it is a cracking wage. You're, you're right. I mean, I certainly miss it now every time. I've got to tell you. <laughs> you'll, um, you'll not get a Premier League player taking the job, of course. That's what I was going to come on to. You will not. I mean, when I, when I refereed, um, the play, I mean, I know. I, I mean, I trained at Bolton Wanderers for, for for nine, ten mm. years. You know, when I was full time mm. training in the club, and because I believed it helped me, and Sam invited me, and I stayed there ever since. But yeah, you, know, you get to see the, the the players and the way they act, the way they behave, and they exactly they behave exactly the same on the training pitch. Uh, sorry, on, on on the field of play, what they do on the tra- on the training pitch, and you absolutely spot on the money they earn now. I'd believe that they they would want they would not want that hassle. Where yeah. where where I believe it, it could help um, is like the League One and League Two players. Correct, who, that's what I'm saying. I, who I, mean, I would no say one... referees are most probably majority are earning more than these guys at yeah. uh, League One and League Two. So what I what I said was that yeah, you know, when they when they're coming to the end of their careers, what they should do is then. Dip, Get hold of them, take the knowledge of the laws of the game, pass, get their laws of the game, and then put them straight into national league level. So just fast track them straight up to the non, you know national league, you know what the league be below the league two, and then do yeah. their training in there, learn learn the refereeing in, in that in that sort of environment, and then push them into league league one and league two, and then hopefully up into championship and into into the Premier League. But it doesn't mean to say every. Ex player is going to make a good referee because that's not the no, case. No, of course not. But and, and, and if you look at, if you look at the cr- umpires or cricketers, when they retire, they go straight into umpiring. They take the yeah. test. They go into second eleven cricket, and then they get moved into first class cricket. And that's what I'd like to see with with um, with with ex players at League One and League Two because some of them could, you know, continue refereeing. And then it's a, you know you finish at thirty five, thirty six. Mm. You've got a, you've still got another twenty years earning or more refereeing. Barring any injury, and it's a it's a good wage, and it get better and better and better as you go on. And I, I'd like to see you know one or two ex players perhaps look at that, but I'm not so sure with the, all the stick they give the referees whether they'd want that back when they're when they're uh, <laughs> yeah. playing yeah. Yeah. some referees. Yeah. Well. <laughs> it, it it's it, it again comes down to progression, doesn't it, in in, in getting people through in the right way? Because mm. the, the 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 big thing that stands out for me is a distinct lack of consistency, not just between referees and how they apply decisions, but from referees in a single game, and then that's what kills a game. At least a, a bad referee having a consistently bad game is yeah. gonna gonna ref to the same standards for both teams. It's when Absolutely, they start making yeah. inconsistent decisions. And and part of that is the training, and part of that is being able to come through 
with background in the game, with the right people leading you and giving you the management and the direction on how you should be applying the laws. Absolutely. absolutely. And with, with, with good performances comes... Whatever we do in life, whatever, you're, whatever, whatever, whatever you do, wherever you are, it's all about confidence. Okay? And refereeing is no different. You make a couple of good decisions in the first two or three minutes, then you, you're feeling big, your confidence goes, goes up and up and up. And, and, you, and, you, and you, have, you have a good game, and that's what it's all about, confidence, and you absolutely spot on. Where, when, when a referee is lacking in confidence, that's where you need your management to come in. It's, it's, referees just like players, some of them need a kick up the backside, some of them need a, an arm around the shoulder and, and a bit of loving. And, and I've been in that environment, and it's something you just do not get as a referee. It was interesting, like, you, I remember when you, you were trained at Bolton, it was, I think, the scrutiny of the the referees, I think, started then, didn't it? Because they started to... Just, they, did they actually stop you going to t- doing that at Bolton? Cause they, no, I, I, no, they, I, they thought it was a good idea. Um, yeah, and I, and I carried on. I know, I know they tried to stop it, yeah. um, but um, they, they put a bit of a ban on me, but I carried on going in. <laughs> um, no one knew. And then they, they said, oh, it is a good idea, and let, let me go back in, but I never stopped. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, I found I found it very helpful, you know, because I would say you get to know that you get to know. I mean, obviously, I've played the game at non-league level, and you get to know players. You get to know how they challenge out, what what you know, how they make the challenges. You know, what's a poor challenge, what's a fair challenge, you know, what's an over-the-top tackle, or you know, how they go down and what they look for. I mean, it was it was a great debate um, last week with um, with Pogba um, against West Ham. And when he got cautioned for um, simulation, trying to deceive the referee, John Moss cautioned. I wouldn't. I mean, I'm I'm not condoning John Moss's actions. You know, he saw fit to do what he done and caution Pogba. But when I saw the challenge straight away, I went, "Oh, he's taking evasive action there." Because if you look at Mark Noble, if he if he if he doesn't if he doesn't jump out of the way or dive out of the way, what's Mark Noble going to do? Yeah. He's going to kick Pogba for where he was standing. Do you remember the challenge? I don't. I don't know if I knew so when Pogba was cautioned for stimulation. Yeah. I mean, because that's yeah, when I, Jose I, Mourinho I, got to uh, kicked yeah, off, yeah, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. Under that bell. I mean, straight away I said, he's taking evasive action because if he stays where he is, Mark Noble's going to kick him. Yeah. And that's what, and, and to be fair, Mark Noble come out and said that after the game. So you can still give a free kick, and John Moss has just used his experience because that's why Jose went absolutely ballistic because he believed it, he should have given a free kick because if he didn't, if he didn't take evasive action, he would have been kicked. And you learn, you see all that, and you learn all that by going into the training ground. A lot of times, it's not about knowing the laws of the game; it's about knowing the game of football. And there's too many referees that don't know the game of football, and that's the and that's why we have problems. So you, you're trying to obviously get back after three years away. It's it's not it's not going to be an easy process, is it? Are you thinking about would would you would you like to get involved? Because you know you got the market. Obviously, you went to America. You got yeah, the, I mean, you've got the A League in Australia. You've yeah, I'd love to. I mean, you know, there's there's plenty of uh, opportunity. Hopefully, there'll be some opportunities arise for me. Um, obviously, it won't it won't ever be in this country because um, uh, obviously I upset one or two people with me with me autobiography which you know is, 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 was was honest um, and talking about my life as a referee and, and my career and obviously battling battling cancer mm. with myself and me, and my wife um, 
and obviously it didn't go down too well. So um, it, it won't ever happen in this country. I'd like to think if there was changes at the top, it might happen. But I think um, you know I've not, I won't have that opportunity in this country. It'll be an uh, opportunity abroad. But that's what I'd love to do. Is uh, I think I can make a big difference to to refereeing and the referee. Well, you never know. Me and uh, put me and me and uh, Neil work in marketing, so you know, watch this space. Oh yeah, but yeah, we love. Them. I mean, I say I go out to Doha with Keys and Gray and work out there with them. But uh, I play five side on a Tuesday, and I love it, and I've never, I never stop whinging about decisions. Hey, how long before we see the new reps who just love the publicity and, and the love mm-hmm. making the controversial decisions? Be one of them on I'm a Celebrity soon, you think? That's the story. Is there a lane like that's the real No, I've got to let you in your secret. My wife is trying to get me on that. <laughs> and I've oh. told her she can go and get lost. There's no way. I don't give a damn if I they give me hey, 300 grand. No. I am not going Could in there. Imagine? Cockroaches and rats and all that sort of thing. And snakes, you've got no chance. <laughs> oh, I, I think it'll be... Honest God, we know people as well. Me and Paul Houghton, anyway, my business partner. We know people that I'm a celebrity. And you can imagine a referee going on that programme and especially with football the way it is it would be yeah. it would be comedy gold hey do not nominate me next year I'm telling you <laughs> hey you get paid a bundle I well will, I suppose I you would help me yeah, in that respect but you don't do it for the money do you so I've never done anything for money otherwise I'd still be refereeing it'll <laughs> <laughs> be the next I think that's the thing It's I think when it comes to I think when you when I saw the obviously the Rojo uh, challenge against um, when Man United that's probably the first time I've seen um, Oliver get it wrong so bad in a long time he, he's not well, one of these I guys mean, that comes in he, he, he mean, normally I, I does well at, I, was, I, was, I mean I've not been critical of Michael um, you mm. know over the years what, what, I've, said, what I've said about um, Michael is that he's a, he's a good up and coming referee with great potential great potential but you know, last season and the season before, he was he was refereeing well, but he was making too many errors, getting too many key match decisions wrong. And this season, I've been really praising him because he seems to eradicate that from his game. And where he's, he's been making big calls this season, he's been getting them, getting them spot on. And I thought he's been refereeing really well. You know, taking taking take the twenty minutes out of the game, the first twenty minutes, and I thought we refereed the game really well. But obviously, you get remembered. But a referee's like a goalkeeper; you can have a, a brilliant game for eighty-nine minutes, and you made one massive mistake, and they're all talking about it. And 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 everyone was talking about the challenge of of Rojo. But hopefully, Michael will look at that and you know learn from that, and then move on, and, and hopefully won't make too many mistakes in 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 the near future. So, what happens at the end of the game now? So, is it? Is it uh, who would it go to? Would it, is it Dermot that decides the referees made a bad move and then takes him off the list? Because no, that, no, that's no, the thing. No, is it has that guy to do with the? It's to do with. Um, uh, it's to do with um, the general manager and the line manager Adam Watt and, and, and Mike Riley. Adam Watt makes the appointments and then um, Mike Riley rubber stamps and Dermot's got nothing to do with appointments. Mm. But I, I don't understand why. To me, you, if you. Why would you? Because these guys work every week. I don't understand why you could you could bust them down. Well, you could, let's be honest. You could you could bust them down to give them an FA FA game behind closed doors, couldn't you? Really, just to get them together. Because that's the thing. If you if you're going to mentor them, I would rather have you in my ear than 
some guy is going to sit there. Well, you know, you did that wrong. You, well, you, you want get, some? Yeah, they have, you get together. They get together every two weeks at St George's Park. So you know, they they they, they get together oh, for. Right. They go on a if it's a, a, a Tuesday, they arrive lunchtime Tuesday, and they 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 leave lunchtime Wednesday. And I think they're full time. They should be doing more than that. You know, they should be going down on a Monday and, and leaving on a Wednesday. So they have like three days together. Not just mm-hmm. one day. It's, it's, it's one day they have together. They're full time. They're getting well. Boys open, doesn't it? Yeah, they get, they're getting paid well. You know, <laughs> full time professionals are together all the time. Okay, I know referees all live around the country and they have to drive to St George's, but you know, you, you, you go on you go on a Monday or you go on you go on a Monday, and you you leave on a Wednesday or a Thursday morning. So they're there three or four days a week. You know, every time they get together, they're there not just for one day. They're there for three or four days. You know. I was they're going to training, ask you, they're educating, they're having training, educating meetings, they're looking at, they're looking at um, games from the previous weekend, you know, it doesn't matter about the referee, you, you know, big, big errors that have been made, um, you, you look at all these, take the referee out of it, you look at all these errors and, and they see how we can improve, what could we do better here, you know, how did, how did we come to this decision? You know, like like Andre, talk, you know, Andre, come on, talk us through your thought process on on this decision. Well, well, how how tell us how did you not see this as a penalty, or or do you not do you think you've made an error? Just talk us through your thought process, and then you, you then you start you you you, you know you, you're talking you're talking about the incident, and everyone comes in and, and, and gives their you know, evaluation, and then you go away thinking, well, yeah, perhaps you know perhaps I could have been in a better position, or perhaps I misread the situation, and you learn from it, you know. But I, I don't believe that's happening at the moment. How can that happen when you, you're there for less than a day? What about, I was going to say, how come, um, obviously, they've got the Scottish League. Have you ever thought about, uh, have they, would you like to, would you be interested in doing that as well? Would you, to get involved in the referees circuit there, or is it all governed no, by the FA again? They have their own people up there, and you have to be approached and, um, and, and, and is to see if you want to help up there, so... But, you know, as I say, I'm enjoying that working with Yalaref.com, you know, travelling back out to LA in January, so I look forward to that. Um, and sort of, you know, I do me, me column in the newspaper every week on, on performances and on other radio stations, and, uh, you know, just carry on doing that till perhaps an opportunity arises. Do you yeah. watch every match live to give you yeah. reviews? Do you, do you go back oh, to well, I watch all the games, yeah. I watch, I watch when they're live on TV, I watch them all. Um, and if, oh, if I'm not, I sort of, if there's, I, I, tape, I, I tape it and then but nine times out of ten, I'll, I'll watch all the games. Say again, was, say again. Well, all it was, it was a decision on Saturday and it was Andre and Mariner, but basically it's, it's the fact that Fuchs uh, challenged young Watmore. Now, Watmore was fit as a butcher's dog. He went yeah. down. He didn't give the decision, right? Now, this, this is the one thing I know. He's me more than, like, you know, not giving penalties because he's quite safe. He didn't give the decision, and he was close enough where you could think, well, you've got that. It wasn't like a match-winning decision, but the lad who was fit as a butcher's dog couldn't get up. Fuchs was protesting and jumping up and down as if he'd done nothing, and it actually nearly went unchecked. But the kid had to be carried off. He clearly made contact, because if, yeah. if the lad had been clipped but or, or not touched, he would have got back up and continued the game. Right, yeah. He had to be stretched off, and the yeah. decisions like that... <laughs> So that yeah. incite you more than like a, a penalty that you didn't get, which could have been 50-50 decision, and some days you get them. The, the kid could not physically walk, and then yeah. you've got to slip the referee. And that kid, you know, 
hopefully wouldn't finish his career, but it's put on for six weeks, it could affect the team if it's their best player. Uh, absolutely, I mean, it, it, I mean it's, 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 it, you know, sometimes you look at it and you think, how's he not seen that? And it's it's all about angles and all about positioning. You know, you can be, and sometimes you can be too close an instant. And if you're if you're like right on top of it, sometimes you don't see it as it as it hap- as it happens. If you're 15 yards away, you get you sometimes get a better view of an incident. And and sometimes that's the case when you're too close, you just don't see something that like you should do. Uh, well, it's, it's but it's the other point like is, that, isn't it, though? players. So, so go on in. Yeah, it's something like that, isn't it, though? That That's obviously what these referees aren't hearing mm-hmm. from the guys who haven't done it at the top flight. That's right, absolutely. 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 And, that, and, that, and that's the problem like that we've, got, we've got. We've got too many people that are now in charge of our top referees that have not been there, not seen it, not done it, not worn a T-shirt, and they're not even been referees. Yeah, and it's a, it's a worrying, it's a, it's worrying for me, and it's worrying for a lot of my URF team colleagues, you know. We have obviously Keith Hackett, who's, who's there, and the ex-general um, manager of the PGMRO, and Roger Dilks, who was a top coach, Glenn Turner, who was a top assistant referee, and uh, it's, it's very, very worrying that, you know, things are are not what they should be. And I just don't think that the referees, as I said earlier, I don't think the referees are having the, the management at the present. Yeah. The, the flip side of that was as well, though, back to players. I, I think the ref, where he was, he wasn't right on top of it, but he, he did have a good view. But moving on, they didn't pick it up on it. The player, by the same token, Fuchs tried to claim he hadn't put him as well and was protesting as if there'd be no contact. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's, what that's why it's sometimes so difficult, isn't it, for, for referees? You know, mm. the players just stand there saying, what, and put their arms in the air. When they do that, you know they're guilty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just going to ask that question, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Well, you do. That's trying to show they're not touching, but they know full well, don't they? You know, you, you know, it's like and the way they look around. I mean, look at Shawcross the other week at... Um, um, who was it? Who was it against? Um, who was when Shawcross? T- oh, um, took out. Um, was it? Was it Wilson at Bournemouth where he's made that tackle? And he's just got. Up, he's looked at the referee, thinking, "Oh my God, I'm sorry." And he's he's just played on. The referee's given nothing. Roger East, it was. I mean, I mean, it's, it's just sometimes players' reactions tell you a lot, you know. And uh, I mean, I must. I must used to think when players sort of stuck their arms up in the air, I thought, well, that's, that's guilty, bang, penalty, bang, free kick. <laughs> and they, oh, ref, how'd you see that, you know? <laughs> that's the thing, isn't it? It's common sense. Common if, a pl- sense if, you, yeah, if, if the referee knows the player, and yeah. he knows the instant reaction, like, it's the one thing I found about Shelby, um, I think the Watmore one, if if you've got a player going, mm, barmy, like Fuchs did, when he did the tackle, when he did, because he clearly did Watmore, didn't he? But that's the thing, the reaction of the player... It should be if you if you see it and you kind of it's like as you said at an angle, yeah. then fair enough. If you can't see it, but you've got the lines in there as well. So yeah. to me, you you both look the same thing at different angles, but the fact that the players go nuts straight away that yeah. he didn't do anything is clear. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the referee was at fault there for, for that instant. He turned his back as I said earlier, and he should have. Should have just killed it, and then and then we wouldn't be talking about that that first instant. There's a difference about Mariner. Every time, I, every time I watch Mariner, he seems to go out his way not to want to... Like like you did, you, you went out with a smile and whatever yeah. happened, happened. But you, yeah. with Mariner, he's got, he just doesn't want to know. And that's not good. No, yeah, I mean, I thought... Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, Andre's not a bad referee. He's a good referee, Andre. And he does, like, he does talk and does like to get engaged. But he's just... He just I don't know, he just, he's he's just looks lethargic at times, you know. And yeah, I think he could exactly. put a little bit more into his performance with his... 
with his running and the, his running styles and his, exactly his that's the thing running sprinting, running, which doesn't seems to be missing from his game, you know. Doesn't keep up with the pace. Uh, he didn't exactly what you put. He doesn't keep up with the game. Sometimes yeah. that's what I feel about him. But to judge anybody, and that's why I recall him. He's just he's not on the action as it happens. He happened to be close to it on Saturday in this particular incident. But generally, he doesn't like the shift very far. I mean, does he? His heat, his heat trail's not very uh, no, noticeable no, on the right. end of the game. Why you miss? That's why you miss things. It's, it's the same with um, with Andre and I mean, and also a couple of weeks ago. I mean. Lee Mason, I mean, how on earth he's not given that penalty for you? You know, um, I think it was against Hull, wasn't it? David Marshall, when he came out, he wiped out what more? I mean, uh-huh. if you look at him, he looked miles behind Bay. He wasn't up with Bay. He looked overweight, and he just he just didn't look at the, a, a Premier League referee. So you've got to ask, what is going on? And it's week in, week out. It's not. It's not one week and then six, seven weeks down the line. It's every week. Not not just Sunderland. It's Newcastle. It's, it's other teams as well. Yeah. Have we covered the point? Do you think there's a bit of a bias when there is a big team at the heads of turn? Some some rest when there's a big team and a big event. Just, just no, that no, that's just, rubbish. Rubbish. Yeah, that's all. You think. Your referee what's in front of you. Cross that white line. And it's just two teams. Where it be, Man United and and Bournemouth. You you you, you know you that you, that don't come into the equation. You're just refereeing two teams. I've got to ask you, Mark, if you, if you don't mean, if did you sometimes go look at the team sheet? and think, oh Christ, he's playing, I've got to look after him to do. You know what, I'm going to be perfectly yeah. honest with you, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I me can't me say me. on air what I've said in the dressing room when I've looked at the team sheets. <laughs> <laughs> I always used to, John Terry always used to bring the team sheets in, because he always liked to, uh, I always used to get my own back, and he always used to bring the team shirt in, and I always cracked him around the face, he says, you always do that to me when I come in, I said, yeah, because... I won't be able to do it out on the pitch when you give me a load of crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I so you, you can start that report straight away in the dressing room, you know, and that's when that's and, and, it, and it helps. It helps, but you, you're right. You do look at the dressing room side, and you do look at the teams, and, and to, to really, you shouldn't prejudge, and you should just you go out and referee what's in front of you. But sometimes you say, you know, you look at certain players, and you say, oh, you've got to watch him today. Let's just watch him be on my back off the ball, and. And that's when, I mean, and that's and that's why I mean, I know I go back to Steve Martin on on Friday night. You know, he hasn't done his own work. He's, he, you've got to know about Lansbury. You've got to know about Shelby. You've got to. You can't take your eyes off them because if you do, they'll do something behind your back, and that's what happened. What do you think about that game? I mean, I saw a lot of um, tweets come through to me asking me, and and I watched I watched the the, the incidents and. Yeah, the, the, the second sending off. Um, once he gives that free kick, he has to send him off. Mm-hmm. He's got to send. He had to send mm-hmm. Drummond off for that. For that. For that. Um, and that looks soft. But he's, once he's given that, he has to send him off. Um, so yeah, I, I, I wouldn't criticise him for that. For that. Um, that sending off. Uh, obviously, criticise him for the Shelby one. But then, you know, for me, you should have had a nailed on penalty yourselves, you know, for, for um, I forget who it was, who was hauled to oh, the ground. It was a foul on Clark. Yeah, he was yeah. wrestled down. Wrestled and he was, was, it on, was it on Clark the foul? Yeah. Yeah. And he he was, he, he, Mills had his arms right around him and pulled him That's to the right. ground. I mean, for me, they're the, they're the sort of incidents that referees have got to pick up and penalise. You know, yes, there's pulling and shoving that goes on, on in the box. There's a certain amount that the pros want you to let go. That's not one of them. They're the ones that everyone will say, yeah, he's got that. And they're the ones we want to want to pick up. So he doesn't give that. Yeah, and it, then he disallows a goal that was. Yes. I mean, oh, I've got to say, if he doesn't give if he doesn't give that as a foul as a, as a penalty, then he's got to give the goal that was disallowed because mm-hmm. that was nothing like the the foul by Mills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, yeah, yeah. going back to the game, if you, if you ask with Newcastle fans are done by, and you've got to say, yes, they were. Mm. Yeah, was it a concession team here? Yeah, I well, know, you've been on an hour, an hour, an hour, and you're not even paying me, are you? Well, <laughs> I'm just a hey, you never know. I told you I've got contacts. <laughs> yeah, so I've, got, I've got another interview to do shortly, so... Um, oh, don't worry. Yeah. Confession time, on. quickly before you go, Mark. Come on, you've got to answer Keith's question. Go ahead, Keith. In a match, often they... Like you see, early doors and the ref makes a wrong decision. He's, and he must, in his head, feel he owes the other side. It may be a lenient decision go to the other side. Seen a couple of times, so he, he tries to bounce things out. That makes it worse because if he bounces things out and that opportunity doesn't come to the 40th or 50th or 60th minute, then he's got another controversial decision on the 88th. And really, that should have been the one he should have given. He's got to like overcompensate it to render it. If they make the one mistake. They should just stand by, but you hear the crowd get on the back. To be honest, I can only speak for myself, and I've got to say, if I made an error in, in the first 10 minutes, I would never, ever consider. Because you don't know you've made an error until you see it on, on, on the TV or whenever, or half-time or, or full-time. You don't know you've made an error. But, I mean, you, you, you never go out and you don't, you don't operate like that. You, you, ne- you never even it up. That, that doesn't even come into it. That's, I mean, that's, for, that's from me. Yeah, you've made a decision you, and you forget about that and you move on. And you, you referee what's in front of you. It just appears on TV. You sometimes feel like the, the, the soft one and, and sometimes it might even be something that's direct. There's a penalty, you know, a penalty at one end has been given and it was a bit like, you know, suspect. Probably at half time, so he feels yours the other side to me, and, and it, it does happen. And it, it's uh, just stand by your one mistake is exactly what right, you're going to do. Which absolutely. is you've got to be that. Not Being a referee, way. you've got to be mentally tough and mentally strong. If you're not, then you get your 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 sink, your sink. Yeah. Uh, Neil, have you got a question before he has to go? Especially well, regarding know, the embarrassing I, bits. I, I frankly just want to thank him very much for coming yeah, on and exactly. spending time. I mean, that's been an absolutely cracking hour of insight into what's going on in the world of referee. And, and it goes a hell of a long way to explain why mm-hmm. we get debacles like Friday night. Because yeah. you just can't... I spent most of Saturday in a foul mood mm-hmm. trying to work out what was going on with the bees in that man's head. Because I just... It, it, it just... None of it made any sense. But now it kind of... Some of it does. And, and, it, and it's... It, it all stems from the top down, like many things in football. If it's not right at the top, if the if that leadership and that management tree is not right, it's all going to fall to pieces, and that's worrying for the game, really. And that's the problem, and that's what's happening at the moment. And that's that's not just me saying that's that's the that's the the, the, the common theme from all most of my my you know, um, colleagues, you know. So okay, I'll give you one before you have to go. Biggest winger on the football pitch that you have to deal with. Oh, I mean, one the one for me, but obviously um, was 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 Danny Mills. We used to have Danny we had some great battles and some great fights <laughs> on the pitch. But Danny, every time every time you give a free kick, he never stopped moaning, never stopped whinging. But um, on the whole, I got on with a lot of players, and I, I gave as good as I got. So, and I think that's why I got the respect of all the players. Yeah, because the thing is, every, every time you watched it, every time something happened, you would your hand, you'd always do a hand gesture. Yeah, I'll get whatever, I get. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least you had fun. It's, that's why it's yeah, disappointing yeah. that the, you would think that the referees' association, the PDO, we call it, um, well, would I'm, think I'm, bring I'm him in. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy that Sky never picked me up when I was mouthing back to the players. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, because they do, they do go away, didn't they? I thought it was fantastic, but thanks so much for coming on, uh, Mark. It's been oh, an absolute tremendous pleasure. Again. And I'll be in touch with you regarding marketing, so watch out. Okay, take care. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Mark. Mark. Cheers. Thanks. Take care now. Cheers, Mark. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. That was great. A little, little bit of news, Andrew. We've yes. Gone Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah, I saw that. that. Burnley so at home. Burnley at home. Well, they're going out for a start. In Middlesbrough, I've got Sheffield <laughs> Wednesday at home. Well, that's a good one. So, tell, yeah. so out of the whole weekend, the, the the only team that actually did well was Sunderland. Congratulations, uh, Keith. You've, yeah, you've, you've got an upturn. Yeah, three out of four in the last eight months. It's been brilliant. When you've lost three out of three in the same seven-day period, we've done three out of four in a few weeks. Brilliant result. Look at that. Seriously. It's nice to have a change of routine and talk about wins back to back and so on. I know it wasn't back to back when it was broken up with Liverpool, the people who had two wins, mm. uh, not two unexpected defeat, and then obviously a win at the weekend. But the style of the win, you know, I've been on here whinging to some degree about not having it for Moyes, and I still haven't got it for Moyes, mm. the feeling that you need. But he is winning the players' round mm. to the way they should be playing, the morale of the players. I, honestly, from kickoff, the way it went about it, again, it wasn't a 10 out of 10 style performance, but it was 7 out of 10. I'd give them that. They were decent, mm-hmm. they were at it, and they were up for the game, and, and that's changed uh, dramatically over the last few weeks, and that's the confidence of a win. Some of Moyes doing, I'd like to think, but some of just, you know, the crowd, the players' own belief, the crowd getting behind them. It, Victor and Nietzsche, how I've, I've been on a wave of all my life, and how other clubs haven't picked them. It is quite surprising because he's free. The players mm. that Moyes has bought haven't been brilliant. I mentioned last week mm. and haven't been valued for money. But the guys picked up for free. The way I sit anyway, there was a lot of action because he was involved heavily. He was right in front of me in the second half. So I was a good like, hate to, to see him. His player in his touch was actually way better than I imagined. And he's not just some battering ram or some tall man. Mm. He's close skills were brilliant. So happy boy only match I could see I've really enjoyed from the start on Saturday even when they had scored and you thought oh is this them coming back I didn't have that feeling at all I thought they were a shadow of the team they were last year they were mm-hmm. bullies last year but mm-hmm. also had something about them um, and Vardy just seemed to be lost up front on his own uh, he had a couple of looping headers which they did go high and wide but Leicester surprise and slump and us on a little bit of a mini revival, so it was a good weekend. I've got to be honest, no yeah, complaints for the rep at, at all. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting. I think uh, the fact that they've had such a downturn in Sunderland, like you know, they, had, they seem to play like Leicester, didn't they? They're up for the battle. They they want the ball more, and it's obvious that they they they're putting most of the energies in the Champions League. Quite obvious to me. Yeah, well, they've done well in the Champions League in a relatively easy. Little, uh, group of the got but fair play and forget that it's not their fault at all so, but they did do well the only two they were put up against and they've done it comfortably but surprising Saturday they had nothing to offer mm-hmm. they were pretty much um, pushing and shoving to, to, to win the ball rather than skill which they did demonstrate some skills last year they just seemed to be missing all together mm-hmm. and it was a bit battering ram performance mm-hmm. from them on on Saturday when they had the ball and luckily for us they didn't have it that often uh, mm. cope with them really well where defence which has been suspect managed no problem at all um, and up front going forward from midfield through the front guys 
brilliant on Saturday. So, yeah, really, really good, promising. Because I, I think we, we managed to steady the ship even against Liverpool. You know, it wasn't an embarrassing defeat. In fact, we obviously held them contained them for quite a long time. So, out of the last four performances, I would say very, very happy with it. But it's a long winter. Uh, so, we'll see what January brings for things. But definitely on the up. Um, for you, fellas, I think it was Lee who shouted in a couple weeks ago when I was on leading up to the whole game and said, uh, "What? how did I rate Hull? Well, mm. ourselves, they weren't brilliant, but the one thing they said is they didn't have much firepower, they just wasn't up there you go you're breaking up there uh, yeah. talk, talking of Lee I've got Lee Johnson on the line at the moment um, it must be hard for Lee to handle a happy Mackham <laughs> well no Mackham keep on reminding me but carry on <laughs> hi Lee how are you I'm good how are you I'm not too bad so uh, Sunderland on the up Newcastle in a in a bit of a spot of bother uh, what's your thoughts first of all talk about Talk about Sunderland. The Moyes effect seems to be kicking in, and Keith obviously doesn't think much of Moyes, but they're doing quite well. And but Newcastle on the downer right now. Well, I kind of said about I've said about Sunderland most most of the season. I, I don't. I, I think the difference between Sunderland and all the teams down the bottom is one man. Before and if Sunderland keeps yeah. the four fit this season, before Sunderland will stay up. Yeah, I think that I think um, I did think what more. Is any news on what more, uh, Keith? Is he I've out for the nothing, season? Or heard nothing more today. Um, again, he's obviously getting tested. There's a bit of media stuff coming out, but I'd like to see tomorrow that there's some definitive answers. But look, he, like, like Lee just said, he's not what goal scorer. No. Uh, yes, we, we need him in the team because he, he's got something about him—a bit of pace mm. and impetus. But we've got Barini coming back who could fill that role. So mm. that he's not the lock that a Defoe would be. And if we can get the shooting boots on the end of Anichibi to match his player at the weekend, to be honest, that's the best performance I've seen for a striker who hasn't had a goal on his sheet on Saturday. He played great. So he's, he, he did prove he can score goals. If he can contribute a couple, Barini comes back in and scores and Defoe keeps on doing what he does. I think that 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 will make a difference. The defence has to be coached into some sort of consistency. But no, we're fine. Joking to say that I mentioned Lee only about yeah, the pre-hole question he posed yeah. to us, and and the, the they did they had the ability they created attacks but couldn't finish them. Now okay, they did nick one, which totally changed the face of the game. But he's ultimately taken at the penalties. But they weren't a class side. You definitely had your chance mm-hmm. to beat them, and I believe you should have beat them pretty much a lot earlier in the game and had it dead and buried but that didn't happen but he's in the equivalent of what I quoted us in a mini mini revival you're on a very mini slump you've got enough about you to get out of this it's not really yeah, a, not in mean. the mayor yeah I think the thing was I found it was a bit of a nothing game on two, against Hull but Newcastle you know we had a, obviously we first sat in Lazar and he obviously hit the bar but um, you know when you when you go down to ten men and you take a lead, oh, you know, like, and we saw all the cells, you know, it's just it's so dispiriting when you you, you watch it, you watch it and you think, oh, like, in fact, I think Sky missed the goal, didn't they, really? Because they were sure of the replay. From obviously from Saturday onwards, losing the Blackburn, losing the Hall on Town, mm. and then losing the Forest. I mean, Blackburn. Yeah, I thought we got we didn't play well. It was literally a carbon copy of the Wolves game, mm. you know. 
stopped us playing, didn't play well. Hull, over the 90 minutes, I sat there, I sat there, I was quite comfortable, controlled the game. Obviously, they didn't lose a man until the last, um, pretty much the last minute of normal time. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the 90 minutes, we, sh- we should actually win the game. We didn't, we didn't take the chances we created. We were well on top. We, were, we just controlled things. We didn't look mm-hmm. under any pressure at any point in time. We scored a goal. And of course, you know, you get that, sometimes that Achilles heel where you're not concentrating, you're not switched on. And that happened to us. They went down the field and scored. And, you know, when it goes to penalties, I must admit, I put my head down straight away because yeah. I think we've got a worse record than England when it comes to penalties. One of my mates reckons we've only won one penalty shootout in 45 years. So that'll tell you everything you need to know. Sounds very um, And Friday night, well, uh, all I can say is I'm quite happy that I let the Ben stay up to watch it. It was quite, I was quite happy that he went to sleep so I could F and Jeff at the TV because I've never seen anything like me all my life. Mm. <laughs> That's the thing I didn't even watch it. I was actually out with me soon watching him play football. I mean, I'm, don't get us wrong. I mean, I, with refereeing and things like that, of course, I'm, you know, you sometimes get games where you know, one or two big decisions just kind of goes against you, but that's the nature of the beast. You, it's human error and things like that. But when you're getting up to six or seven or eight, which there was, I, if I went through them all, it was just, it was bizarre. And I actually I actually think if we hadn't lost Dummett and we've kept 10 men on the field, I think we would actually quite, beat Nottingham Forest quite comfortably because we were so much in control, even with 10. Um, it was just a bizarre nightmare. I do think, if anything, I really do... Uh, Based on the manager, his, how he controlled his, um, mm. his speech after the game, obviously his interview, I think this could work as a massive positive. I think there could be a little bit siege mentality comes within the club now because you could tell um, that they weren't happy at all. But um, they delivered their interviews after the game very well, and I think this could be they're certainly making a bus in this little you know mini slump that we're kind of on, but. I certainly got no problems with the last two performances. Blackburn was really poor against... It was just like a carbon copy of Wolves, but I expect us to bounce back at the weekend. I don't think anyone's pushing the panic buttons. And at the end of the day, we're currently still six six points ahead of where we need to be in the automatic places. So there's certainly no panic for me. I think it's uh, that, you know, yeah. your, your matches that you've just named them three games you've had. Prior to that, for... Okay, you guys are chatting about football each week, and it's sometimes a bit of banter. But I, I think I told you, Joe, because in, in a pub, and one guy, you would think he was the wingman to uh, Rafa, as if he just knew his future. I thought every Newcastle fan was talking as if they're never going to lose a game ever, not not just in the yeah, championship, like ever. Yeah, and yeah. it's a case of I'm just thinking, not just because I'm a Sunderland fan, just shut up your talking shite is what I really do. Can I say shite? I, really <laughs> I would actually, do, I would actually <laughs> said that to him myself, I heard him say enough, because the biggest oh, load of baloney guns. But he, his next sentence come out to a guy who was prepared to like, listen to where he's holding from court. He then mentioned the Fairs Cup, and I just thought, all right, that's me leaving here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> so, and I'll... Right. You see, I'm going to be loud, but he was, he was just reciting the evening on a Monday night, to be fair. He, he had none of his own views, and he had not, probably never been to the match ever. But the point is, for yourselves, genuinely, some, some proper fans will probably still be singing, God, hi, we are as good as we believe, as good as the press is going. Sometimes you need that little kick in the teeth, albeit it was like mm-hmm. three in a week. You do need that setback to get that siege mentality you just described. Look at our all against way again. Let's prove them wrong and prove... Mm. Because I think it was at the Preston North End game and a couple of hours mm. where you had concessionary tickets at mega two prices. Not, not that that happens to us. I'm, what I'm saying is they've got a lot of people who thought, oh, yeah, 
I've mm. been in Newcastle. Oh, look, it's cheap as chips. We'll go and have a look again. And a mm. few of them were thinking, oh, God, is this what I think? Did you win 6 0 or something? Or 6 1 that night? <laughs> yeah. I, what, what, what did you beat Preston North End? 6 1, wasn't so, it? What, I don't know. He's, he's, what was it, sorry? 6 0. Six nil. Six nil. Was it 6-0 yeah, or 6-1? 6-0. They, the they, they were down to 10 men after five minutes. Uh, yeah. and, you, and you still bombed it. But what I'm saying is you've got some fans as well who have been the one match ever in prison. <laughs> saying, God, Rafa is really brilliant. He can't walk on water. The setback you've had this week is probably not a bad thing. You know, being a well, I think Lee's the worst for that. You know, If you watch his Twitter account, he goes non-stop about Rafa. It's like an absolute... And like, it's not actual loving. If you look at his Twitter, it's an absolute no, loving. Andrew, hey, and you know, you, you, I love Rafa because I'm not. This isn't just about what what's happening with the first team. Um, it's what's happening behind the scenes. It's the little things that are going on behind the scenes, which ultimately needed addressed massively. Yeah. And I think if we get up, if we can get up at the first attempt, whether it's first or second, I couldn't care. Mm-hmm. It will open. It will open his um, you know Pandora box for extra contacts and things like that. Where I believe someone like him would attract, obviously, a better calibre of football at Newcastle United. So yep. the fact that he decided to stay was a massive plus because I didn't think it would yep. happen. I thought when we went down, I thought we were knackered. But in terms of trying to build something, I, I would prefer someone like Rafa Benitez trying to build something at Newcastle United. And I think he does see it as a project. But mm. that's kind of what Keith just said there. When I, when Newcastle do lose matches, when I watch people go over the top like, yeah. like last year against Blackburn, yeah. it does me head in, man, because you yeah. can't go through... You can't go through a season and beat it. doesn't happen. It's, just, it's not realistic. Mm. At the end of the day, everyone wants to beat Newcastle in that particular league, so you have to work doubly Correct. hard against them. And what, mm. what are people going to do next season if Newcastle do get promoted? Because we'll certainly probably lose more games than we win. So people yeah. are going to need to really get that in their head to think that if Newcastle do get promoted next season, the first thing that we, would, should, we should be looking to do as fans, I think that is, one, stabilise and then build from there. Mm. It's not yeah. just going to happen. Of course, Benitez might have his own priorities and his own ambitions, but personally, from a fan point of view, the first thing I would see if Newcastle do get up this season, it's about consolidating and then building from a solid basis within the league so we're consistently in there year in, year, in, year out. Then you build up. I think the interesting thing about the Tuesday game against... Um, if, just say, we had gone through, a lot, like you hear a lot of people saying, I don't know if you agree, Keith, I'll go with Neil first, but when it comes to the, the fact that we would have played Man United home and away, to me, we would have, that would have been a really, really good couple of games. But afterwards, people say, no, oh, no, we would have bet humped off. We would have got humped off Man United anyway. That's, that, would have been, that wouldn't have been the case, I don't think. I think it would be an absolutely humdinger of two games. And now, basically, Man United have got a, the base of a, well, a walkover. What do you think, Neil? It's not a walkover. Um... It depends on, I mean, Man United aren't in the best of forms at the moment. That said, it, we're, we're not playing Man United, we're at the Cup, so that's... Yeah. Exactly. One thing I'll stand by, something I said last week after the Blackburn result, and it, I think even more so now, after what he's seen at Hull, what we've seen from some of the players that came yeah. on at, at Hull, what we've seen from the reaction of those players, and mm. then what we've seen from the reaction of players and certain players' behaviour at Forest, and mm-hmm. he'll know more about that squad yep. now than he did having won six games on the bounce. Mm-hmm. Uh, categorically, he'll know more about that squad now. And I'm telling you now, I bet his plans for January have been changed significantly. Now that's right. Mm-hmm. Nearly, he's nearly six. He's only currently six months 
into his into his since he signed the contract, since he signed an actual mm-hmm. three year contract. He's six months into that contract and he's basically he's trying to rebuild the foundations. It wasn't just mm-hmm. the first team that needed addressing. We had we had major, major problems behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's little things being pulled in tow and things like that. And, and of course I've enjoyed winning football games this season, but realistically, in reality, we currently this squad of footballers would be well is well short and we would of course be scratching around the bottom of the league, would possibly go down, but do I trust this particular manager um, to try and build the foundations again and make us competitive? Well, you know, if you look in the Premier League, CV-wise, how many better managers are than him in the Premier League? We're quite, we are very, 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 very fortunate that he decided to stick around. And it's not just a case of sticking around. He's clearly trying to integrate himself into the community. It's little things he does outside of football and things like that, not necessarily just the first team. And things like that are great. They go a long way. When people get you know upset when we lose a game, oh we should be doing this, we should be doing that. You've got to be realistic. You're not going to win every week. It was never going to be that way. The best thing that happened to us at the start of the season was losing them two games. What do you think about uh, the, the the subs the subs on uh, the subs that came on against Tottenham Forest? I when you brought on Mitrovic, I couldn't understand that one. I actually thought because I don't even think Murphy was even in the squad, was he? But I think. It's come. Obviously, the fans love Mitrovic. I get it, but obviously, according to uh, John Richardson, one of the guests that came on last week, they're going to get rid of him. So, why? I was surprised that a Diami came on and b Mitrovic came on. Lee, I was surprised. Uh, you've got to bear in mind that um, Andrew. I think in terms of the subs, you would would put that team or most of that team had pretty much played 120 minutes as well. Well, Murphy hadn't. You know. Well, I know Murphy hadn't, but you know most of the team that were on the pitch had played 120 minutes at home. So of mm-hmm. course he was going to make substitutes because you got up yeah. to 70 minutes and the lads, 70, 80 minutes and the lads had literally run their backsides off yeah, with nine pl- men and pl- that pl- they covered yeah. too much ground. Yeah. And the disappointing thing is when Diarmi and Mitrovic came on, especially Diarmi, he didn't work hard enough. No, he, he didn't. didn't. Yeah. He yeah. didn't work hard enough. I mean, lads had literally uh, uh, covered so much ground. I mean, Matt Mitchell was phenomenal. He was everywhere, mm-hmm. and Mitrovic. You want more out of him. I mean, Gail had ran his socks off, back forward, back forward, back forward, and I didn't really see Mitrovic. I mean, to be honest with you, I covered more ground than the army and Mitrovic in my front room. I was walking back forward, back forward, back forward, back forward, furious just thinking, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, until the stuff got kicked out of only 86 minutes. But I can understand the links, and I can understand why people may think Cashing in on Mitrovic might be a good thing. We don't know Rafa's thoughts. We don't know what he sees. I'd be shocked against the West Ham, would you? Uh, he's been linked. Well, then the if people come in with big wedge, yeah. Andrew, yeah. maybe. Uh, but if you look at me, if you break his goal record down individually, games he started and things like that it isn't bad. But yeah. it's funny that Andy more. Carroll comes back and has one That's chance. Boom. That's very good. I'm on the side here for a second. I'm just going to just leave us with a couple of things. And yeah. Mitrovic, seriously, as a non-Newcastle fan, I just don't get him anyway. I don't get yeah. why he's pin your hopes and chant for him. Yeah. I, I think he's actually, he's been ineffective. He yeah. scored some goals, you can count them, but there haven't yeah. been match winners. He hasn't been, like, you know, really like a talisman. So mm. you can count the numbers, but some of them have been in games... Same as in Wijnaldum last year, he scored four, five, and one game, so his number mm-hmm. count was decent. But there weren't crucial goals that he's been getting. Mm-hmm. He, he just goes missing for me. He's not mm-hmm. the man that I'd be chanting for and getting the name and number on him back if I was a young kid. Mm-hmm. Moving on, just the debacle that you were talking about Friday night. I was out. My son was at the academy training, right? So 
match had kicked off and then he finished they, I was seeing what had happened goodness me you couldn't have ruled that script but getting the referee's performance yeah. excellently I'm missing a penalty having yeah. been knocked out the in the beginning of the week yeah keep I make two penalty saves mm-hmm. so you're thinking God the gods must be with me you know as well you must have thought that things were good even though the ref was trying his hard no, no. and then and he scored and then like Bentner scored and yeah. got them back in it which he was offside and the idiot missed it again <laughs> Uh, you, you could. You, I was just thinking, God, you've got blokes and not, and they're giving you every chance to get humped out there. But you just keep on going on. But then, like I say, you, you couldn't have wrote down the sequence of events for that God, no. match on Friday. Unbelievable, lads. But look, uh, I wouldn't be chatting from it, Rich. Good luck with the rest of your week. It couldn't be by last week's. But uh, I'm looking forward to your next uh, Town Moor Instagram post. Oh, I have yes, to tell you, it's, it's me schooling. But look at just quickly. The, the one thing about social media, little Rathy, I'm standing freezing at the, uh, at the academy watching my son play, and Rathy's saying, how are you lads, let's, let's make this week finish on a high, then I get back in the corner, I've been reading about it, but I'm thinking, oh I've got to send Mr Rathy a message, like, you know, just couldn't miss opportunity, I'd take the Carlsberg moment, isn't it, anyway, look at guys, have a lovely evening. Better we play us next week. It couldn't be any worse. I'll see you soon. Okay, lad. <laughs> Thanks, kids. <laughs> He's a funny bugger, that bugger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's typical Newcastle, isn't it? We, we get Birmingham, which is now a big game. Sort of, kind of is. But, and then we get them in the FA Cup. What thoughts on that, Neil? Well, third round of the Cup, it, 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 you just have to try and navigate what's put in front of you. Yeah, uh, it, it's as simple as that. That's that's what this competition's all about. It would be nice to think that we we've got a chance of going through to the next round, and, and we're not going to be dumped out on our ass early doors because we're going to be bothered to play a full strength team. Um, won't do that, though, will he, Neil? Nah, no, he won't play. No. I think Murphy will play. That. I think he won't do that. He's very respectful of trophies. At the end of the day, he's a manager who would like to win a trophy. He he will play. He'll play a strong enough team to win the game. There'll be no. Excuse card by um, Rafa Benitez. Well, that's the thing is the transfer window opens in what twenty days or less, something like that. So it's going to be. Well, I still don't see us, Andrew. Want to see? I still don't see us signing any players that aren't going to be um, in his head. That there will be no squad players, and I can't see him signing footballers that he will not believe that. I'm not trying to look ahead again. I'm, I'm purposely reining myself in, but I believe Benitez will be thinking anyone he brings in now or tries to bring in will um, be designed where he believes they can make the grade if we do go up. I'll keep using that word if, but I can't see us bringing any squad players in because really we don't need any. We have enough. There's enough cover there. He'll know that. I think he would have learned a lot from the last couple of days, especially the whole game and things like that. So these are all good things that happen. Like I said, I personally think there'll be a siege mentality which will kick, kick in within the club after Friday night especially. I mean, that group of footballers, their mind, they deserve an absolute standing ovation, most of them, yeah, when they brilliant. when they come on the pitch on Saturday, because that was an outstanding effort, mind. That was an outstanding effort, and when things go against you to that degree, and like I said, I'm, I've been following Newcastle for 30 years now. I've never seen anything like that. I'm try, yeah. I, like I said, one they didn't create a chance, did they? Really, I thought didn't create anything, did they? One or, one, or, one or two things in terms of a referee making errors, I understand because it's human error. You, you can't do anything about it. But when it when it knocks into six, seven, or eight. You sit there and just think, you know, like when Keith just mentioned one thing there about Bentner's goal, I've just mm-hmm. remembered he was offside. You know, 
it's come things like that's come back. That was number one. It was it was just a bizarre night. I've I've never seen anything quite like it. And like I said, my poor carpet in the house here is ruined because of it. I just kept walking <laughs> back and forward. I was furious. <laughs> well, I've got to bring my next call in. Thanks. So give me a score for for Saturday. Hopefully, we'll bounce back. Uh, beat Burnham three one. <clears throat> Two one, I think. Neil. I'll do me. Nah, nah. <laughs> yeah, I think any win by any wage. Any, yeah, I think get back on track. Yeah, absolutely. I think well, we'll thanks. come out fighting. I um, really do, and I hope. And I hope St James's Park is absolutely rocking because the, be. the players actually need us a little bit at the moment. Yeah, I think they do. Just, just another little bit of breaking news. You were going on about what more for Sunderland? Apparently, mm. he's uh, he's damaged his crusade and he's out for the season. Oh, he's out as well. That's on your heart. Yeah. I don't. Well, to be I... honest with you, as Keith just said there, I don't think. The main, the main player they need to keep fit if they're going to stay in the Premier League this season is one man, and that's the centre forward. He's got a, yeah. I mean, he scored something like 19 yeah. goals in 2016. That's phenomenal for for the team he's mm. been playing in. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Lee. Appreciate that. Breaking news on. Well, thanks a lot, mate. Catch you next week. Cheers, Thanks, Well, as I'm bringing in uh, a Dallas Cowboy who who is very, very happy with his life right now. Um, and I'm sure he's on the bloody golf course. Good evening, Chris Parry, calling from the United States. Yeah, I would be on the golf course if it was. It's like it's like northeast England weather today. It's raining and drizzly and freezing and miserable. Good. I feel like Good. I'm. It's like I'm in Newcastle. I'm I'm overjoyed considering that you tore rags won again yesterday. But um, tell me, obviously a busy week last week. Um, but you know, we 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 lose a couple of games and then we lose another game. How, tell me what your thoughts were on both games because it's it's in plus you know the referees that's why we had a referee on tonight you can never ever understand where football is going to take you yeah it's interesting because I I, I mean you could say that uh, Newcastle got very fortunate in the um, you know in the EF, uh, the EFL Cup game because it was you know it was kind of a little argy bargy between the two guys and then of course they get the red card. But then you got 25 shots and you don't score. I mean, you're against Hull City. They're ripe for the taking. You've got yeah. all of it in front of you and a chance to go to the semifinals, and you don't really challenge the goalkeeper. I mean, none of those shots were even close. But let's talk, you know, that's done. I, Friday was one of the most despicable things I've ever witnessed as a football fan, ever, 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 ever. I mean, uh, I've seen penalty kicks. And I've seen red cards, but I've never seen anything like that. I mean, and then, and on top of that, to, to, to whistle off the, the goal that Kieran Clark legitimately scored with no, nothing wrong whatsoever, now we're not going to let you have that either. You know, we're going we're gonna to give two penalty kicks against you. We're going to take two men away from you. We're not going to give you the goal that you scored, but we're going to let Bentner be a half. Uh, you know, I, you know, I, uh, we're going to let Bentner be offside, and we're going to let him score against you. It, it was almost like the EFL got together and said, "Enough's enough with this Newcastle team. Enough's enough. We're going to we're going to slap this group down a little bit and show that they're not as good as they think they are." It was it, it was awful. It was awful in every sense of the word. I mean, the, you know. The worst thing, you know, I cover American football, uh, you, know, you know, for a living, you know, with high schools and different sports. And the number one thing I say, guys, is I hate when an official decides the game. I like whenever the players on the pitch, when they decide things. And uh, 
they didn't decide it. I mean, the official decided the game. You know, you could say sometimes I don't mind uh, holding and stuff in the box and, and grabbing as long as it's both ways. As, I mean, remember the first corner kick that came in where the, where, where the guy basically grabbed Kieran Clark by the shirt and yanked him down? It was one of the worst fouls that you've seen. I'm like, okay, well, hey, we're going to let that, that kind of stuff's going to go. All right, let's be physical in the box. No worries. Let's keep playing. It was worries because as soon as that, I mean, okay, Shelby's a moron. Shelby's an idiot. We realized that. Two things I thought. One, the ball was nowhere near the box when that foul occurred. That should have been, if anything, a drop ball in the middle of the field and go back and say, Shelby, you're an idiot. The play's over with. You kicked out at him. Red card. See you later. Done. No, 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 no. We're going to take the ball from midfield back to the penalty spot because something happened a minute after the play was over. It was, you guys have to, that was, I, I, I couldn't even believe it. I was going, why is this a penalty kick? Why is this a penalty kick the whole time? And then Darla makes a terrific save. Brilliant. Great. We got him. All right, guys, let's keep going. Let's keep going. As soon as that long ball went in, I was like, that guy's going over. I guarantee it, and I hope the ref doesn't fall for it. And, wow, did he fall for it and then some. And I also thought there was, like, a rule that you couldn't have double jeopardy. Whereas, like, now the first one, the first one I understand, okay? Red card, you know, if you want to give the penalty. But the second one, is the, that is the definition of double jeopardy. You can't give a penalty and a red card. You either give one or the other. And... And, of course, the second half was just – you couldn't ask for anything more. I mean, Newcastle played, absolutely played with the kind of drive and fervor and desire and team spirit that, that – I mean, you could not have asked for anything more. You knew it was coming because all that freaking team kept doing was lobbing balls in the box, and they got more guys to kick at it than Newcastle does. It was going to be an ugly goal. There was nothing – I mean, Nottingham Forest, take your victory, okay, guys? You did it against a two-men advantage, and you needed an own goal to do it because you couldn't even get the ball. I mean, it was – if I'm a Nottingham Forest fan, I'm almost embarrassed to take the victory. But, you know what, they, you know, they can take it. Good for them. Move on. Newcastle, I think, gets out of this better for it because they showed their fighting spirit, and now they need to really get after it and put this freaking whole league under its under – its, under its spell. It's time to just start beating people 3 and 4 nil and be yeah, done yeah. with this. Neil, the interesting thing I took from it is that when you, he made a decision for the second penalty like he enjoyed it. And I, you know, the, the whole performance, when you, when you see what, what he did, he just looked, he looked like he's desperate to give it that second penalty. And, it was so obviously not apparently the second one, but even the first one, Neil, he didn't even look like he kicked out. Well, Neil? I mean, the whole... It's just a mess, man. And, and, and we can talk about it till, till the cows come home. Mm. But everything that's gone on on that pitch and everything that's gone on in that game, it's just, just a, an absolute total... Cluster whatever, cluster whatever. It's, it, 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 we are we are a podcast. You can say it. <laughs> you know, and 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 we're kind of almost come full circle through the show because we're back at like, well, 
look, he's missed that. This one's been conned by that. Mm. I don't... I, it all boils down in... But do you think he kicked out? Handling. Do you actually think he ki- I don't think he kicked out. Well, he did, he did, you he guys did, have to admit, he did, he did kick out a little bit, but the, the guy yeah. rolled over like he just yeah, got I'm shot, sorry. and it was an, it was an embarrassment. And if I'm not, if I'm a Nottingham Forest fan, I, I'm taking him to task. Because every, remember, we get pissed off when Mitrovic does, does that crap, yeah. you know, for Newcastle. I mean, that is not how New, that is not how the game is supposed to be played. It is the reason why soccer why, why soccer's been driving us crazy for the last four or five years is more and more of that crap has been taking place. And, I, and I, I hate it. Yeah, Neil? Do you, do you think with his hairstyle and his beard, he was possibly auditioning for a part in the next series of Game of Thrones? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. He deserved, an, he deserved an Oscar. Now, look, the second one I could totally see. Look, you're a forward. Ronaldo's been doing it for years. Everyone does it for years. If you're a forward and you've got a chance to go over in the box, you're going to do it, even though, and then you're going to put the referee to the decision. That, you know what, I could understand in the heat of the moment, but the first one was just so ridiculous. It was just so, he didn't even touch him. But Shelby deserves it for being a moron. For being stupid, yeah, I'd agree with you totally. this, This is the one thing, you need to pull Shelby to task for being stupid and getting involved in a stupid girly game of kicky kicky. Mm-hmm. And you say, right, you know what? You raise your feet and you got caught. You're being done by a play actor. So mm-hmm. be it. But then I think what rubs it in is if you've seen Lansbury's post-match interview. Yeah. Absolutely unapologetic. Mm-hmm. Or not recognising of anything. Totally um, distanced mentally from the entire situation. Um... Didn't want to talk about it, did he? <laughs> no. And then the, re- then the forest manager who suddenly had an attack it, yeah. of the RC Wengers. <laughs> and, and it's like, it's, that's funny. This, this, I wonder if there's an actual condition of, of football ma- managerial related myopathy at critical times. I wonder if mm. it's a recognisable condition and is there some tablets you can take from <laughs> Because um, that's just, it, it's mealy mouthed and again go back to what Mark House is saying, but mm. you know the players, you know the people, you know their reaction. Their, their reactions of, of people who know what they've done and they just don't want to talk about it because they know they're, they're going to look stupid when the cold late the day. Well, look at, look at well, the hey Sunday guys, Neil, Neil, yeah. Neil and Andrew, one thing, though, that we haven't talked about, and, and it does need to be talked about, is that Newcastle was playing awful before that first band was sent off. I mean, awful. I, mean, I don't know what Shelby was doing. Shelby... Shelby thinks he's, you know, he's, I don't, he's in Iesta. He can just sit there and lob the ball 50 times to people. They were doing nothing. They actually played so much better once Shelby went off. You know, that's when they actually started playing like Newcastle. Was before, before that, it was nothing. Hold on, Neil, go ahead. Shelby spent his entire time on the pitch looking for the Hollywood ball. Yeah, I agree. He was, that's it was ridiculous. Every single ball was a Hollywood. It was like long ball Alan Pardue. He was looking for that, Bob. Uh, do you know what he was looking for? You could see what he was looking for. He was looking for Gale's runs in behind. Mm-hmm. And he was hoping to hit one right on the money that would have put Gale straight in on goal. And then, you know, uh, oh, look at me. I've set up this goal and this, that, and the other. And you could see what he was doing. He spent the entire time looking for it. Uh, and acting like he, 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 like you say, like he was, he was at that Iniesta Javi level, sitting playing the quarterback, and I'm just going to ping this ball around and mm-hmm. look at me, aren't I wonderful? Uh, and he's been sort of accused of that before. 
Mm-hmm. There's definitely something in his mentality. Bearing in mind now, it looks like three-match ban could then be compounded with an additional ban with this, mm-hmm. this FA hearing. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see Rafa wash his hands of him or yeah. Rafa to make it difficult in the January window by signing someone. Yeah, I agree. That makes yeah. it difficult to get back in the team. Yeah. Because... Well, and they're they're looking at this uh, this midfielder from I guess some from uh, yeah, from the Spain, Spanish it? league, yeah, or, or from Portugal, or maybe from Portugal. I'm trying to remember where he's. At. I mean, they definitely need if they're going to sign people. I agree with your last caller. If they're going to sign people, guys, in the January transfer window, they need to be guys that can grow into a prim, into the Premiership. You know, the also rans don't need they don't need also rans right now. They're hopefully going to go up and become an EPL team. They need to get the guys that can compete at the next level. That's why I like some of these young players they're bringing in. I'll, I'll, I'll go a stage further, Chris. I'll, I'll say this. If we sign anybody in January, it's got to be one of two categories. Somebody who is like the crop that we've got, that's young, hungry, and prepared to grow with the team under Rafa. Or someone who's brave enough yeah. to take a step down from the Premiership, yeah. who's then not going to be out of place going back up with that yeah. being the aim. They're the only two signings we should make in the in January. Otherwise, we run the risk of over-egging the pudding and disrupting the squad again. The squad needs. I absolutely, I absolutely agree. I couldn't agree more. Something we need in there. There is something missing. Yeah, out definitely. Those ingredients. Yeah. And it's and, I, and for me, it's a little creative spark. It's it's that vision ball. It's that that person in the engine room who's mm-hmm. the difference maker. No hey guys, don't you also think? Hey, Nance, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm I'm almost to the vet, so I gotta get my this off my chest. Don't you think we kind of need a goal poacher? You know, yeah. just one of those guys like a Michael. You know, just like everyone wants to talk about Michael Owen, and we all hate him. But the bottom line is the guy. The guy scored goals. He it wasn't pretty. We need a Jermaine Defoe, a guy that you give him one chance, he's going to put the ball in the back of the net. He doesn't need the perfect pass. He doesn't need the perfect run. Sometimes I think Yosi Perez needs everything perfect before he'll score. Yeah. And it looks like Gale, Gale is more of a guy that can get behind defenses mm-hmm. and score. But we don't have that guy that, that just is a goal poacher. Whenever, whenever there's a ch- I mean, all he does, you look up, you're like, wow, he scored so many goals. I don't even know how he scored half of them mm-hmm. because he just finds ways. They really have not had that for years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I think that's what they need to look for if they can in the transfer market to try to find someone who's a goal poacher, but those guys are those guys are probably expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's the thing. I, I think what you said at the start is, like Neil just said, are they going to get somebody from a Premier League player who come down to our le- who come down to that level? But for a couple months, yeah, for a couple months, and see how it goes. Because you know, if if the rumours are right that Mitrovic is interested in West Ham, which to me makes. No sense, but anyway, um, you know, you, you've got you to think, think well, because of Billich, you think because of Billich, maybe that's why he, he wanted to go to West Ham. Yeah, that makes that. Yeah, I didn't I, at, the, at the time. I didn't really put two and two together, but possibly could be because of that. But um, I think the fact that they've got Andy Cowell, who's come, well, obviously he's coming back, and um, he's, he's significantly better. Better than, well, he's better up front anyway with when he with his heading ability, and you know he, I'm not going to say he's not he hasn't got much pace, but he's got more than what um, what Mitrovic has unless he's thinking listen I'll put Carroll with Mitrovic which wouldn't work, but you, that's the thing about football you, you don't know if Newcastle get a I can't 
can you see Mitrovic going for? Well, how much would he go for, Neil? Oh, I, oh, I could no, I could see, I could see a swap, guys. I could see Carroll coming this way and Mitrovic going that way. But guys, I can't believe I, I'm, I'm, my memory escapes me. Who's the Liverpool striker who was at Bolton and then and then went to Liverpool and he does that crazy little? He always plays for England. What's his name? The forward who's kind of fallen out of favor at Liverpool. What's oh. his name? Plays for plays for England. He's the England forward. Oh, oh it's Sturridge. 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 Guys, I would love if Newcastle could somehow convince Sturridge and Andy Carroll, yeah. give them money and say, come down here, let's reunite with Rafa, and let's wreck this thing. Let's get after it. You know, put the two of them together. And, of course, and then have Gale in reserve. You know, Gale's a great player, but I don't think he's at this. He, Sturridge is a goal poacher. Sturridge yeah. is the kind of guy that doesn't need very much to score goals. That's exactly the, guy, the kind of guy that Newcastle needs is someone like a Daniel Sturridge. Yeah, I can't see Liverpool... Well, you know, Klopp's on record is saying that he's, they're not looking to sell anybody, but that's rubbish anyway, I think. But but like, thanks for coming on. I've got to get bring my last guest on. Thank hey, Chris. Guys, and, I always, well, I always yeah. appreciate it. I don't care what the freaking score is this week <laughs> as long as Newcastle wins. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll see you later, thanks, guys. Thanks, mate. Take care. Yeah, Bye-bye. Cheers. Thanks, Chris. Interesting talk about Mitrovic, isn't it? Like I, I saw the... I never even thought about the swap, actually, Neil. But uh, we'll bring in uh, we'll bring in the next caller, John. The final call of the night. Good evening, John. Good evening, Andrew. How are you doing, yeah. I'm all right. I'm not too bad. I actually saw a tweet from you that um, you, after obviously the speculation regarding Mitrovic, uh, you're not a fan, right? I presume. Um. Well, look, I'm a I'm a fan of Alexander. Okay, I think he's um. You know, he's got that passion. We love his passion, we love his drive, we love um, the way he puts himself about. But, regardless of Newcastle, I'll say, yeah, I'll keep him. But, is he in Rafa's long-term plans? No, he's Maybe not. Next he's season? Obviously. Probably, probably not. And I think Rafa is going to go in and get a strike. I think I said this last week about Cameron Wilson. You've been after him as well. But, I've got a feeling now that uh, I just don't think Rafa and trust him long-term. And, you know, but um, he's going to be he's going to get someone in the summer. I really do, and I just don't think um, Mitrovic is going to be there next summer. And I hate to say this, but I like him here, but I just can't say him staying. But um, I put in a question yesterday, and I kind of split the fans yesterday. Really, some say yes, keep him, and some mm-hmm. say yes, take him on and go, let him go. Yeah, I think that's the thing about it. It's you know that the problem he's going to have. I don't think. I don't know if Neil agrees with it, but I don't think uh, Rafa was a fan of Shelby anyway. And he, but he's gone with it. He's he's played him. I think he's played him every game, hasn't he, uh, Neil? But like, not quite. But yeah, not quite he, close, he, isn't he? Not quite. Yeah. I think I think he let him go at Liverpool, and I think there, there, there was question marks over attitude, yeah. mentality, weight, um, a lot of things. lifestyle, <laughs> all the, all the things that are the little red flags about the footballer. Um, you know when you, you 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 look at it in depth um i think he's he's been working on a fine line Rafa, i think of all the, the players in the squad the one who he probably has to manage more carefully is him mm-hmm. and and therefore I, I i genuinely my genuine opinion is i think he'll be replaced in the january window mm-hmm. What do you think, uh, John? I think 
that's the thing, isn't it? If you if you can't if you can't trust players to play, and then you you bring in a, you bring in even when we brought Mitrovic on, he ran about. He spent most of the time trying to get the fans up. The fans are always up. So and he's running around and he he didn't do anything, did he? Like he did a, no. a few bits and pieces. And but then you see Diarmi didn't run after the you know when they got the corner. He didn't run after the play. He, he looked like he was bogged down. Personally, I, I couldn't understand why he didn't bring Teori on. Um, I, I'm, that, 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 that befuddled me a little bit. When Yes, you're going to bring in Dion because he thinks he's more of a powerhouse, but the guy was all, all, out on his arse when he played against Hull, wasn't he? He could, could hardly move. And I didn't understand that bit. I, I think Teori brings can bring more to the team but I think um, it would be astonishing if he if he got rid of both on, on January but if you, if we have good players lined up yeah, I think Nick was right a couple of weeks ago when he said um, you can imagine Murphy being brought in uh, slowly but surely yeah. but I did think he would have brought him in against Hull to, pay, to play a bigger role and then played him against Not Forest where you needed a bit more you know you, a bit more intelligence that Murphy probably brings to you John. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand what you're trying to say there, sort of thing. But I mean, Diami, I mean, he can't play for the 90 minutes. I don't mm. know what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong with fitness this season. I mean, it seems as uh, out of puff um, after like 70 minutes at times. You know what I mean? But I do. Mm. He does try harder, Mo, Mo, and I do like him. And um, I'd rather have him than Perez, if I'm honest with you, sort of thing. You know what I mean? Because um, you know that um, Diami is a tryout, but I don't like him number 10. I like him in central midfield. But he's not a number ten, and as for um, Darrell, yeah, I- I'll play him. Why not? I mean, I heard he's um, doing well in training in the reserves as well. So why give him a try? Sort of, I agree with you. Give him a try, and um, and just see how it goes from there. But, um, I think that's the problem in midfield. There isn't anybody. That's the trouble. Isn't it? When you've got a guy who's playing the Hollywood Pass yeah. every single game, it's a, it's really it's an insult to a lot of us because. If, if you're trying to play the Hollywood Pass, you're not listening to your manager. No, it's not. <laughs> you're not. You're not. You're more or less saying, "Listen, I'm fed up with you. Yeah, I'm fed up exactly. with you." And I, I, I can't remember. I don't know if Neil remembered, but if, if, because um, normally when he's doing stuff he shouldn't be, normally Rafa gets irate, doesn't he? And he comes to the, he comes to the side. But I, I, I I'm not sure if, if we saw any of that. Um, because the thing is, if, if if you know, also, and I'll I'll pad this one to to Neil. If you know you're the the mid the midfield uh, difference maker, you wouldn't you would be quite calm. You wouldn't be you wouldn't think, oh, I'm Mr. Big Man. You'd be thinking, listen, I I want to hurt these guys, Neil. Depends. Look, again, it's personalities and managing people. Yeah. And 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 that's something that Rafa's pretty damn good at historically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just, we, we just got to let him manage it the way he sees fit. There's, there's, we can speculate as much as you like. The reality is what he decides at the end of the day. And I don't think it's as black and white like that cause, because it's about people and personalities, mate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's the thing is, it, 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 it's just, just weird to, like uh, John is, you know, you. I think because of the the market, when the market opens, there's always going to be bits and bobs. Like, I wish there was just like a two-week window where, where you can just, you know, make the... If you're going to buy players, you have to buy them quick and get in, get out. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think um, they'll, if he lose, if he gets that ban and he's found guilty of it, well, Rafa mm-hmm. 
he'll be gone anyway. But um, as as Neil's said over a few times, you can't see you know Rafa spending too men- too much money because he probably he thinks they've got enough to get through. But I think as um, I think Chris said before, we're missing one of them a goal scorer that can come in there. Like I don't think Jordan Rhodes is the guy, but you know, plus he'll cost a lot of money because then he came for fifteen million or whatever he came from for Elizabeth. But there isn't. I can't think of one player that can come in. Um, even I can't think of a player right now, at the top of my head, who I think would come in unless it's a swap deal that's been mooted uh, with with Carol and Mitrovic. Um. Right. Um. I think Jordan Rhodes wouldn't be a wouldn't be a bad shout. Really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy him personally. I have him on Rhodes no until, until until the summer sort of thing, you know, because he can score goals in that league. Boy, he's six foot two. He's a powerhouse, right? and he's not quick. He's not the quickest, like, but he's, he can hold the ball up as well, and his movement's pretty good as well for big guys. So he can score goals. I mean, if he came to us in January until the end of the season, then great. I mean, I think that'd be um, that'd be not a bad choice there, sort of thing. But uh, Mitrovic, back to him again, I'm worried about him now. Like, I mean, I just don't know how long he's going to be at Newcastle I resumed. But uh, the one thing I noticed as well, but he's carrying a lot of weight as well. I mean, he needs to ship some pounds as well mm. because he's a little bit slower. Yeah, he's a goal scorer, but he needs to ship a little bit, a few pounds as well. But, uh, well, and... Again, we do need the midfield to take Shelby's place in January because he's going to be banned for a long, long time if he's guilty, especially mm. for that um, racist thing sort of thing. But I think Rafa knows what he's doing. I think he's mm. aware of all this. No, I just um, think he's on a lookout. He's after this lad from Anderlecht, Tilly, um, Anderlecht, and uh, mm. from uh, Anderlecht, a 19-year-old lad, Tillsman. But uh, I don't think they'll let him go yet, not until the summer. Yeah, I think I think everything's on hold this one. But give me a scoreline for Saturday before I have to end the show. Um, again, it's going to go on Saturday. Um, we need to win on Saturday, we need to win, and yeah. I think we're going to start a run again. I think we're going to go back to our winning ways, and um, I take a one 0 win first because I'm going to go out doing well at the minute. I mean, they're fifth in the league, and um, surprise package in the minute, or what a surprise package in the league, but. We should be too good, too strong for them. And um, without Shelby, I think we come back to our winning ways. Right, great stuff. Thanks a lot, John. Thanks for coming on the show. We'll catch you next week, mate. Thanks very much. No problem, mate. See you later. Take, take care, Cheers now. Yeah, it's going to be... I think that team that we play on on Saturday is going to be very interesting, Neil. I think... Um, I think the interesting thing is he has, uh, they haven't appealed the decisions yet, have they? The two send-offs. Um, I don't, don't think, think so. so. At this moment in time, I still think it's being considered. What do you think? Plus, we've got a. We look like we could be losing Ian Cathro to Hearts, which I think is a bit of a strange one for Ian to. Like I, I think he would grow more as a coach under tutelage of Rafa Benitez than going. He's the whole. He's thirty-seven, isn't he? By fact, he's thirty, isn't he? He's not. He's a young lad. I think because Hearts are in a good position. Um, He's already been slagged up by Chris Boyd. Did you notice that? <laughs> Saying he's a, a trying to say he's a computer uh, coach, and every time I hear about Ian Cathro when he's in the uh, training ground, he's the most vocal vocal member of the of the coaching staff there is. So I think to me, it's a bit, you've got to you've got to get your wings soon enough. But he hasn't been a coach for that long to to be actually come a head coach. 
But you know, as you say, what do you what do you think about Ian Castro for Hearts? You think it's a good decision if he goes or bad? I think I've lost you there, Neil, somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think it's a good decision by Ian by Ian Castro to if if a if a thing comes in? Do you think he it's a good decision but, by him to go? Personal development of any coach, he obviously wants to be his own man at some stage, and yeah. the chance to do so in Scottish football, which he knows very well. Um, sorry, mate. Yeah, you, you went a bit all delayed and a bit fuzzy. <laughs> my end. Uh, the joys of Eddie Salat and the, the, the connection again. Um, yeah, it'll be. He, he seems to have done well in so much, so much that he wasn't purged out of McLaren's bathroom stuff. Yeah. He was kept on and seems to have created yeah. a role. So he must have something about him. But mm-hmm. no one, Rafa, you'll have a, you'll have somebody in mind to come and step in. And uh, one wonders is, is that creating a little bit of you know, a little bit of a wobble in the background. You just never, never know. But in terms mm-hmm. of Castro, he's only ever going to be destined to be one thing, and that's his own man and manager mm-hmm. at, at the top. And, and that's what he's been sort of groomed for all, all through his coaching career, it would seem. And so opportunity to do that with a, 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 a you know, turn around the fortunes of a team with a, in recent years, has had a lot of issues with bonkers mm-hmm. owners and crazy things happening <laughs> yeah. off the pitch. Um Probably appeals in in the, in the Rafa project sort of way, mm. you know. Mm. Gonna be an interesting couple of days, I think, as as ever with uh, Newcastle yeah. and the transfer market opening soon. Never, never a dull moment. <laughs> is it? Yeah, exactly. Never will be. Well, it's been a great night on uh, Toon Talk. We had the referee Mark Halsey, who's, who's on the, who's with us for nearly an hour and a bit tonight. Tremend- thanks so much to to, to Mark. For tremendous passion he talks about referee, and it's it was basically like listening to a, a football player coming on t- talking about his craft. It was brilliant. Thanks for that for that, Mark. Well, thanks everybody for coming on, and we'll catch you next week. Uh, we'll obviously let you know who the guest is going to be. But thanks very much, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Thank you.